Kalel, the man of steel, the man of tomorrow, the last son of Krypton, the big blue boy scout. He's gone through many names, but we just know and love him as Superman. Over the years, he's undergone many incarnations, some great, some bad, some somewhere in between. Over here at Planet Fantasy, we'd like to take our stab at it. So join us for Planet Fantasy, the ultimate Superman movie draft. To another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And we are your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going over there? Not too bad, my friend. How you doing? Not too bad. Had a pretty good day. Uh, we also, in the house, have our uh, returning guest, Ryan Goodwin. How's it going, Ryan? Hey, y'all. Um, pretty good. Uh, excited for the episode. And um, yeah, it's just uh, doing, doing well out here. Good, nice. good. If no one's a, if everyone's wondering, Ryan was on our Star Wars Force Users draft. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and give it a, give it a check because that one's a really, really well done one. Love that one. So, um, Kyle, I guess, uh, I guess we're gonna everybody, we're gonna talk a little bit real quick about the uh, passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, if you just wanted to kind of start that Kyle yeah I mean so you know um you know in case you aren't aware just this past uh, I think it was um Thursday we just received the you know the tragic news about the passing of um of Chadwick Boseman um he had been dealing with uh, a diagnosis of colon cancer for a couple of years um obviously it's just incredibly tragic, uh, just a tremendous loss. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to go and start this podcast. This podcast is just so built on the things that Chadwick loved to bring to this world that we didn't want to, um, you know, start without saying something. So, um, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's a tremendous loss. Um, Chadwick was an incredibly talented actor, uh, incredibly young too. Um, and I just, I, um, it, it's been a, it's been just a crazy couple of days kind of processing and just, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen, uh, like the outpouring on social media, both in like the Facebook group that we're in and, and, um, so many people that he worked with in like the Marvel cinematic universe, just, it's, it's pretty clear the impact that he had, um, just all across, you know, the world. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge loss. he, his take on Black Panther was just absolutely legendary. Um, and uh, that, that I think is kind of his legacy at this point. You know, uh, I, I just think that he exploded onto the scene. You know, uh, I remember seeing Captain America Civil War and that was, you know, that's a movie I really enjoy, but the, the biggest takeaway was like, dude, this Black Panther guy is, is, a force to be reckoned with. Um, cause I wasn't super familiar with the comics beforehand. Um, and so yeah, Chadwick just, just 
crushed that role. He was also phenomenal as um, as Jackie Robinson in, in 42. Uh, he just, I mean, just from like 2012, 2013, when he really started to break out, just he imbued so much passion into his roles, and that's really fun to see. Um, and, I mean, everything – that he was in, you could tell that he just was putting a hundred and ten percent into. So, just a an incredibly talented guy, very humble too. But um, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, whenever I think of Chadwick Boseman, all I can think of is just um, authenticity. He seems so genuine. Um, he seems so kind. Uh, whenever you saw him, you know, uh, every picture, he just seemed to be always in awe. Uh, in awe of whoever he was with almost, you know, in a lot of the pictures you'd see him pointing towards everyone as if like, Oh wow, look who I'm with. And I just always like, wow, they're with Chadwick Boseman too. Like he has kind of stepped into that role and, you know, it just hurts so much because we all thought he was going to just have so much more to do so much more to show us. And um, for him to pass away so young, it's, it's so sad. But then also to think, to show what he did do in that small amount of time is so impressive, so inspiring. Um, that That's another word I will always think of when I think of uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to be inspiring. Um, the thing that he did for his community, for people, for the Marvel Universe, yeah. it was great. So yeah. I'm, I'm just devastated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he... And, and Ryan, you know, and Damon, please speak into this. Just kind of what was your earliest um, exposure to, to Chadwick? Was it, you know, was it the, the MCU or, or something else? Like, what was your first kind of, the first kind of uh, time you realized, like, this was a, just a really huge uh, new voice in Hollywood that you wanted to start paying attention to? Um, I, I think it was 42. I don't remember exactly when that came out versus civil war, but I want to say it was before that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that was just such a, an important role and one for me personally, since I'm a a huge baseball fan and uh, my family's big into that as well. Um, I mean, I, I just watched it like last week, I think. Mm. Um, But, and just like the, the number of roles and the important ones that he got, like I was, I was talking to, friend today actually um and she's not american so i was trying to um explain like how many important african-american icons that he played you know he played jackie robinson he played thurgood marshall he played james brown um and it's just you know these titanic roles that went to someone so young and you're just like wow you know this this guy has to be incredibly talented to land those and, and he was definitely and then obviously in black panther you know not a real um you know historical role but one of sort of um uh you know sort of the pillar of um black uh, what's the word um uh sorry i'm losing the word but just the the uh, black achievement yeah um and uh, sort of, you know, what that role could be and, and, and what you could imagine yourself as. And that's that's what's really struck me um, is, you know, the the number of, like, videos and pictures of, of kids in their Black Panther costumes. 
um, black kids especially, but kids of other races as well. Um, and also something that struck me was um, the reactions from his uh, his castmates, specifically the MCU ones, and just the way that they talked about him and the way that um, he made them feel clearly. Um, you know, these people are, are mega stars in their own right, and, and many headline their own movies, and to to see how they felt about Chadwick and how he inspired them was really, uh, really says a lot about him. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it was also 42 for me and, you know, he, he, you know, I never really have heard of Chadwick before then and to see him play such an iconic, uh, person, you know, and, and do it with such grace was very impressive, you know, and then, to see him appear in the MCU, um, he pretty much like embodied exactly who T'Challa was supposed to be, and you know to play a king, a prince, and then a king on screen. That that's a tall order, and he did it with grace, power, um, humility, and and some some badassness. You know, um, <laughs> all of that together was. was was what he did with Black Panther, and I was so ready to see what more what he was going to do else. And I'm going to go watch the movies I haven't seen yet uh, that he's in. I, I still haven't seen Five Bloods yet. I, I'm going to watch that probably this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find Twenty One Bridges wherever that is uh, streaming. I'm going to watch that because he he's just phenomenal in every role he did, and to see what he decided to put his time and effort into when he was. Uh, you know, being treated. He was uh, diagnosed four years ago, I believe is what they said. Mm-hmm. In that time, he made all of these movies. Uh, I believe from, what was it, Civil War was a little bit before that, um, or right yeah. around then, and then right. all the way to uh, Defy Bloods. It, he, that's, you know, that was his passion. Um, and so I just want to go and honor that in any way, way I can. And so I, I definitely say anyone, everyone, if you can, just dive into his passion and, and see what he loved and, you know, show him that, you know, if you can do anything, do that. Yeah. Um, and, and to that point too, you know, Ryan mentioned just the overwhelming amount of um, support and love that his castmates came out with. I, I wanted to um, just really quickly, one, one that I saw on Instagram that really just struck a chord with me was um the statement that the the Russo brothers put out. Now, obviously, they worked very closely with Chadwick. They directed him, and you know, in Civil War and um, Infinity War and Endgame, um, and they just put out this really beautiful statement on on Instagram. Uh, they said, you know, uh, this is hard to process. Chadwick was an incredibly elegant man with great integrity and tremendous talent. He inspired an ent- entire generation to stand up and be king. And this is what really just hit me. They said, um, the best way to honor him is to emulate him. Um, show kindness and love to others. Share your talents in ways that impact and always strive to be a light in the darkness. I think that that's just, that could not be, they could not have put it better. Um, I think that that more than anything is what I'm really taking away right now is just Chadwick clearly like Damon said like he he just everything he did was done with with passion and um you know that's that's why that's why we do this podcast guys we love talking about these things we love talking about these these different IPs and um because these, these things bring I mean they're they're important 
they're, they're fun stories that we've grown up on and, and we kind of enjoy, but they're also important. Black Panther was an incredibly important character for so many people. Um, and so I just think that that's really what has been my biggest takeaway with what the Russo brothers said, just um, emulating that, you know, that passion and talking about these things. Um, and I just, I just, that's what I kind of want to strive to do in the, the coming days. This has been, a, you know, really a tough year for, for all of us. And this is just one of those things that's kind of adding to that. But I think that this podcast has been a really fun way for us to, you know, bring some, what I hope is just some, some light and some, uh, just some fun. We have, we have so much fun talking about this stuff. I, I hope you guys have had some fun listening, um, to these episodes. Um, and that's, that's really the goal more than anything. We just want to kind of, um, brighten up your day as much as possible. Um, and certainly we want to emulate Mr. Mr. Bozeman himself, the King, um, so yeah, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, we again, we just wanted to you know say something at the at the top because obviously his impact was immense. Um, and like yeah, Damon made a good point. I haven't seen the Five Bloods either. I'm definitely going to be checking that one out because I know it came out like really recently, right? It was this year, I believe, about three three four months ago. I yeah, think. yeah. That's okay. All right. Um. So yeah. It's really heavy, so that's why I haven't watched it yet. Right. I need heavy with that now. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So we um we just wanted to to kind of start with that. Um, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we are going to do our best to to honor his memory and to emulate him. Um, just like it, you know, the Russo brothers said, and and doing everything we do with passion and and with kindness towards others and love towards others. Um, and, uh, with that being said, we are, we're going to go ahead and, and jump into, um, today's episode, just some more of that, you know, just talking about those things we love and, um, you know, these are, these are stories we cherish. So, so Damon, what is, what's today's episode? All right. Guys. It's time to perk up. It's time to, to be happy, you know, you know, just enjoy life. We're, we're still here. To, and you know we have to cherish every moment and this moment in time right now we're going to be drafting a very interesting uh medium so we're going with the dream batman i mean i'm sorry i'm saying batman because it's <laughs> in slip the dream, i just scrambled through my notes i was like oh no i've done the wrong thing <laughs> the dream superman movie draft so uh you know you're asking yourself what the what the hell is that it's very simple. We essentially came up with our very own imaginary dream Superman movies. Uh, you know, if we could come up with it, we did. Uh, the only kind of, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, things that we have to follow, of course. One, we all have to have a director. Uh, two, we all have to have our own Superman. You know, Scott can't be Superman movie with no Superman. And then next, we have four other characters that you can draft as long as they're in the DC universe, they are up for grabs. Um, and of course, as always, uh, you cannot draft someone that has, has already been drafted. Uh, as well, in addition to this one, we are, cannot do previous, mem uh, previous casted uh, actors. Uh, by that, I mean you cannot cast Henry Cavill as Superman. You cannot cast, if you have Lex Luthor, 
uh, you cannot cast Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, so uh, with that, I, I believe that pretty much explains it. What else am I missing, Kyle? No, that's that's it. I mean, um, we essentially we just wanted to. We've done a couple of these at this point, and I really enjoy these. We're just dreaming big. Um, I, you know, I'll get into this later, but like, I love Superman. I, I uh, I'm the boring one, but I, <laughs> I'm a huge fan, and so we just wanted to dream big and you know pitch our our dream movie. And also, I want to note too, this is not bound within. Uh, you know, we've kind of done, we did like an X-Men within the confines of the MCU. We did a Fantastic Four in the MCU. This is not bound by any existing universe. Um, so like David said, we're not, you know, we're not casting Henry, Henry Cavill in Man of Steel 2. You know, this is just our dream Superman movie. It can be standalone. It could lean it, lead into um, tie-ins to like other DC movies. But this is our chance to just kind of make our own, our own Superman story. Yes. So that being said... I guess we have to play a list game. What's the list game today, Kyle? So, yeah, uh, the list game today is going to be pretty simple. We're just going to keep it um, to uh, DC villains. Um, so, uh, so without further ado, Ryan, as our guest, would you like to kick us off? And then Damon, just go, go second. You go for it, yep. Sure. Uh, I will go with uh, Lobo. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dark Side. Nice. Uh, reverse Flash. Uh, Sinestro. Okay, okay. Zoom. Atrocitus. Interesting. Um, I'm probably going to get the name wrong, but Mr. Mixoplictic. <laughs> no one gets that name right. You're totally good. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <that. laughs> um, I'm going with good old Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bizarro. Uh, the Riddler. Hmm. Brainiac. Nice. Um, Solomon Grundy. Uh, Deathstroke. Okay, okay. Uh, General, I mean, uh, yeah, General Zod. Um, Poison Ivy. Uh, Black Manta. Okay. Uh, Grodd. Hmm. Um, let's see. Captain Boomerang. Uh, Cheetah. Okay, um... Joker? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Hush. Uh, Livewire. What was that, Ryan? Livewire? Okay. Mm. Um, the Penguin. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, let's go with Scarecrow. Good. Um, Two Face. All right, Killer Croc. Um, the Phantasm. Uh, Metallo. Bane. <laughs> uh, let's go with. Let's go with. Five seconds. Rut row. Uh, Three. Uh, 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 Two. Chrono. Ooh, that was close. Good stuff. Ooh. Right. Um, uh, parallax. Nice. Oh, good one. Um, oh, man. Um, 
Steppenwolf. Okay. Am I saying that right? Yeah. 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 Um, Rachel Ghoul. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Mr. Freeze. Hmm. One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, someone said Poison Ivy, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, King Shark. Love me some King Shark. Um, let's go with Star Sapphire. Yes. Oh, yeah, good one. Um, hmm. Yeah. The Anti Monitor. Yes. Uh, Dr. Light. I don't know much about him. Really sadistic villain. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Man bad. Oh, Love right. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this considered a villain, Azrael? For sure. Yeah, yeah. He's. Oh yeah. He's oh, sometimes wow. kind of walks the line, but he's definitely been a villain. All right. Um. Oh, uh, Doctor Hugo Strange. Yes. Oh, that's good. Um, I'll go with Talon. Ooh, good one. Uh, Black Mask. Nice. Yeah. Um, really appreciate it. we've gotten some deep cuts too. I was was just gonna list some Batman rogues, but we've gone we got some pretty deep. I like it. Uh, let's see, Golden Glider. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, Killer Frost. Oh yeah, good one. Um, Parasite. Nice. Yeah. Um. Ultraman. Okay. And I think I went out of order, so sorry if I jumped the gun. So, Ron, you're... <laughs> oh, it's my turn? I believe so, yeah. I, I think I think we slightly went out of order, but it's all good. It's all gravy. Okay, cool. Um, Ares. All right. Good one. Um, uh, um, man, okay, um, uh, what's his name? Um, um, five, three, two, one. Oh, I'm out. Oh, oh no. I was trying to think of the, the dude in the, the upcoming Wonder Woman movie. Oh, oh you yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord? <laughs> what? You mean Maxwell Lord? Yes. Thank you for my pick. Him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with uh, Felix Faust. Nice. Um, let's go with. Uh, Cersei. All Not right. Lannister. <laughs> Cool. I don't know who that is. Um, I will go with Alice, the Batwoman villain. Hell yeah. Um, uh, Black Hand. Yes. Nice. Um, the Mad Hatter. <laughs> um, let's go with. 
the ventriloquist. Okay. Cool. Man, I'm thinking of like so many now. God. <laughs> um, did anyone say Scarecrow yet? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Five seconds. Four. Three. I got nothing. Two. One. Oh, all right. So, Kyle, want to give us one more? Uh, Man, it was getting to the wire. Uh, Let's see. Was Killer Croc said? Yes, I said. Yeah, that's – I'm almost coming up blank. Maybe – yeah. That's I would have gone out if if Ryan had another one. <laughs> All right, so I believe that means Kyle is the winner of the list game. Uh, yes. So Kyle, pick the order for tonight's draft. Okay, so <laughs> this is funny, guys, uh, for some behind the scenes drama. No, I'm just kidding. Um, usually, so I've kind of we've done this enough now where I've kind of gotten to find a bit of a strategy. When it's just Damon and myself, I like to go second and get you know the turn. Um, when it's more than one, I found I really like to go in the middle because if someone goes first and picks something I really want, then I can pivot and I have time to think and go with a different one. But I'm going to go first this time because like minutes before we started this episode, Damon and I had a conversation where I might, I think he might take my Superman. So I got to go first and snatch it up. Um, (laughs) But I'm gonna go first, and then have uh, Ryan go second, and have Damon uh, on on the third, getting the turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, um, so like we said before, we're going to uh, let's go ahead and start out, Kyle, with the name of the movie, if you have one. Yes. Uh, director, and then Superman. Okay. Um. So, uh, Superman, Lost City. It's going to be directed by uh, Jeff Nichols. Um, if you're, you know, if you're listening at home, you're unfamiliar with Jeff Nichols. He he's a relatively new filmmaker. He only has about five movies under his belt. Um, he's directed uh, Shotgun Stories. He's directed uh, Take Shelter, Mud, Midnight Special, and Loving. Um, really unique filmmaker, and I just I I love all five of those movies. Um, I actually just watched Loving for the first time the other day. Um, just a really interesting filmmaker. He does a lot of like really like he captures kind of the Midwestern life really well. Um, so I'm picturing a lot of great <laughs> scenic shots of, of Smallville um, as this movie opens. But I think that he he's able to really focus in on his protagonist of whatever movie he's doing and really kind of get behind the curtain and um you know, dive into kind of the psyche of, of his, his main character. Um, and that's obviously incredibly important in any, any of these movies, but really with a, with a Superman movie, because we definitely feels like we've seen everything from Superman. So, um, so yeah, for, for Superman, I'm going to go with someone. Now we, we talked about like the caveat at the beginning of this episode. Um, we can't, you know, we can't be picking uh, people who have already played these roles and, movies, TV shows, and live action. Um, animated is obviously different because, you know, those are people who are not in live action stuff a lot. Um, and, you know, this rule is in place to keep me, honestly, just from, from lifting the entire cast from the show Smallville. 
um, but so that being said, I am going to go with someone who has voiced Superman in an animated movie, um, Matt Bomber. Uh, so Matt Bomber voiced Superman in the 2013 movie um, Superman Unbound, um, which is going to be not really the basis, but kind of some inspiration for, for my movie's plot. Um, Matt Bomber is known for, you know, he's known for the show White Collar. He is, uh, let's see, he's, he plays um, a really great villain role in the movie The Nice Guys. Um, let's see, he, you know, he's in The Man from Uncle. Um, excuse me, he's not, he's not the man from, I'm thinking of someone else. He's, he's in Doom Patrol. He plays the, uh, the guy with the, the bandages. Um, he's, he's got a really fun kind of charismatic energy to him. Um, and especially just, just the look, I think that he really has that, um, just the, the, the Clark Kent kind of like really kind of charming look to him. Um, and I'd love to see him bring that energy to the role. Um, so just kind of to go a little bit into just some little bit of plot with this, this is going to be a Superman who has been active for, you know, about five years. He's so he's not necessarily new, but um, he's still, you know, he, he, he's worked enough to have a bit of an establishment, uh, established name in Metropolis. Um, everybody knows him. He, and Lois Lane have been together for pretty much five years as well. She knows that he's he's Superman, um, and this is just a you know a classic you know, movie opening of like this is a Superman that his city loves. Like they just it, the Metropolis that has like a, a national Superman Day. Um, everyone loves him, and uh, really re what I really want to do with this movie is dive into just kind of like the compassion of Superman. I think that's overlooked a lot. Um, you know, one thing you hear quite a lot about Superman is the fact that he's just a boring superhero. And I can't really like argue with that. Sometimes he definitely on the surface is a very boring character. Um, you know, he, we know the spiel, like he's kind of just the boy scout character. He's been around for forever. He is OP. I think the disconnect a lot is with his powers. You know, he's, he's so OP. It's hard to kind of access like his struggle. Um, I was the same way. I thought that for a long time before I really dove into a lot of his comics and especially the show Smallville. I think that what makes Superman so interesting to me is that he is, I mean, he is basically like a God and he has these incredible powers and yet is so full of compassion. And he's like, being a human is a choice for him. It's not just like, Oh, he's a human being. What I, I heard someone say one time, it was really interesting. Like Marvel comics are mostly about humans trying to be like gods and DC comics are about gods trying to be like humans. Um, I think that's a really apt description of Superman in particular um, because yeah, being a human is a choice for him. I mean, if he had it his way, he could, and we've seen this in a lot of like Elseworlds DC stories, he could rule the world. Like if you wanted to, you know, he could go full like villain <laughs> and he could go Homelander from the boys and just be like, I mean, he could just rule the world. Um, he very easily could do that. But the fact that he chooses to be human and, you know, a lot of that has to do with his upbringing. He was brought up, you know, on the Kent farm and, and you know, by Jonathan and Martha. Um, he has a very humble upbringing from that. And so, you know, he, he learns from a very young age to be responsible with his powers. Um, he doesn't get a classic great responsibility, great power, you know, from 
his uncle Ben, but for from Jonathan, he's taught at a very young age that he do, does have responsibility with those powers. You know, he, he has a responsibility to do good and to to help people. Um, so I think that that's kind of what I want this movie to really drive into. Before I get into like the villain and stuff, I just want to really drive into that, like just the compassionate side of Superman. It, it's really overlooked sometimes, and that's what I think really makes him just one of my favorite superheroes in general. Um, there's a, excuse me, there's a story, um, from the eighties. It's a, it was a DC, like kind of Christmas one shot. DC used to do all these Christmas specials every year. Um, there was one called Christmas with the superheroes. It was like issue number two in 1988. And it's essentially, uh, it's got a bunch of, it's kind of a, an anthology. It's got a bunch of different stories. Um, but there's one where Superman and the justice league are all celebrating, um, I forgot where, but he flies off to do something and he comes across a, an old man who has his car has like kind of broken down on the side of the road and there's like a blizzard. So he's kind of, you know, he's desperate for help and no one's pulling over. Um, and eventually, you know, he, uh, I don't want to spoil too much cause it, it's kind of one of those forgotten overlooked stories of the eighties, but he, uh, he's pretty desperate and he has a gun in his, his glove compartment. So it's getting to that point. Um, and Superman shows up and the whole issue, it's not Superman like grabbing the car and taking it somewhere warm. It's nothing like that. Like Superman asked him, you know, can I come in? And then the rest of the issue is just him talking to him. Um, and I think that that is indicative of who Superman is more than any other comic that there's ever like that has ever been created for Superman. He is incredibly compassionate person and he wants to help people. That's, that's like, that's all, that's the essence of his character. Um, So yeah, I really want to dive into that with this movie. Like I said, at this point, he's a five years established superhero. He's with Lois. He's reporting at the, the daily planet. Um, And all is seemingly well as this movie starts uh, until we get to our, you know, our first act turn that I'll get into, but I'm, I'm casting Matt Bomber as, uh, as my card cat. All right, Ryan, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I, th- I I think it's good. Um, I'm not super familiar with Matt Bomber, but it's cool that um, he's been involved with DC before. Uh, but I, I really like the um, the vision Kyle has, and that he's focusing on the um, the positive and um, you know compassionate aspects of Superman. And I think those are um, the best Superman stories. I do, you know, somewhat agree with the the Superman, you know, the overpowered thing. Um, and I think at times there's also been some bad writing involving Superman, which has contributed to the, you know, Superman is boring idea. Um, but I think uh, when written properly and when the best aspects of Superman and the world around him are embraced, um, he's a really good character. And uh based on what Kyle's laying out, I, I think he's going to have a good story. I agree. I agree. So I love Matt Bomber. Um, his, his role in as neg- Mr. Negative man, I believe is the name and doom Patrol is, is so well done. He, he he's tragic character uh, with such a tragic background. And then also to see him be in white Hawk, um as such a very intelligent, clever person. Uh, he just has a lot of range is what I'm trying to say. And, of course, he's always been one of the people who's 
you know, been in the running to be Superman. So this just fits, you know, feels fitting. Uh, he's already voiced him. So I, I love that, you know, he already has that kind of in his back pocket. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see him in the, in the suit and everything. His smile is infectious. Um, love that. I don't know much about Jeff Nichols, um, but those movies all seem to be very, like you said, it seems like it kind of has that vibe of the Midwest just from what I was just from the covers, just from what I looked at on that, it gave you this kind of idea of like down and like down on the farm, uh, blue collar work, just good earnest times. So I like the vibe that you're building right now so far, Kyle. Um, and I want to see where you go with it. Awesome. So that, uh, yeah, that takes us to, to Ryan. What, what, what do you have for us, sir? <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my story is going to be called, um, Superman New Krypton. Um, and it is based on the comic series of the same name from the mid 2000s called, uh, Superman New Krypton. Director wise, um, so I know obviously, you know, directors don't have to have superhero movie experience. And, you know, the, as many you know, people listening have known, the, the DC universe has had its ups and downs with its films. Uh, you know, you can argue um, lately, you know, how good uh, films like Aquaman and Shazam were. Uh, I personally enjoyed both of those, but um, there was definitely some, uh, you know, some mixed feelings about them. Uh, but I think the one really successful DC movie that's come out lately has been Wonder Woman. And that's why I'm going to have uh, Patty Jenkins uh, as my director. All right. Mm-hmm. Love this. Yeah, I just, I woman was, you know, really good. And she did a really good job of mixing um, the emotional uh, aspects of the character. Um, you know, you know, Diana, Steve Trevor, um, the rest of their companions, uh, as well as, um, the Amazons, uh, which you don't you see in the um, early part of the movie, not as much later, but um, I thought she just combined that with some with you know great action scenes um, and really got to the uh, the heart of the character um, and how she tries to fit in. So I think she would be able to do that well with um, Superman as well as the other characters that I'm going to have. Um, as far as my Superman. Um, this, this was a tough choice, um, but I'm going with someone uh, who also has um, DC movie experience, though obviously not as Superman. Um, I'm going with uh, JGL Ooh. Joseph Gordon okay. Levitt, uh, to be my. I like this fan. a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So as I, I mentioned, he has DC experience. He um, played the uh, cop that eventually uh, was revealed as Robin um, in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, and he has a lot of other action movie experience. Uh, he starred in Looper. Um, he was in um, Inception. Um, and for me, Superman, um, I mean, Kyle mentioned a lot of the um, you know, caring aspects of him. But another thing that stands out to me is like Superman's actually a really funny character. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Like he's not like Spider-Man or, you know, the flash where he's, you know, constantly, you know, cracking jokes and whatnot. But I think he's very sly and witty. 
Um, and I think um, JGL uh, can, um, you know, do that really well while still, um, you know, bringing the, uh, you know, the grace and the, um, the seriousness of a character like Superman. So um, that's where I'm at casting wise. Um, just to give a little bit of plot insight, um, New Krypton starts off, um, well, I, I should back up just like Kyle, my Superman, he's um, has some experience. Um, he hasn't been, uh, you know, he's well acclimated to Earth. He's been there for a while. The people know him um, and, uh, and respect him. Um, and so New Krypton starts off where the Superman is able to recover uh, Kandor, which I believe is mm. the capital city of Krypton. It's definitely a city on Krypton. Um, and it was it was miniaturized uh, by Brainiac, and so Superman is able to recover Kandor and restore it to its normal size, and then it ends up in this weird position where it's basically just like orbiting uh, Earth. Like imagine you you look up and, and instead of you know seeing a plane fly by or a helicopter in the sky, there's just this <laughs> giant floating city. So that's the um, <laughs> that's the stage where where Kandor is at, and so. Um, there are some, uh, you know, there there are the Kryptonians who were able to survive that are there. And so, you know, they're trying to get acclimated to being restored to full size, but also being on Earth. And um, the Earthlings are trying to grapple with this big floating city of Kryptonians that just showed up out of nowhere. And Superman is trying to sort of deal with everything that goes into that of, you know, is trying to protect Earth while you know, having part of his home back and, and his, um, you know, his ancestors. And so just trying to, to deal with all that and um, we'll see how things play out. But at least at the beginning of the movie, that's where uh, where things start is everyone's trying to come to grips with this uh, new reality. Okay, Damon, what do you think? I, I'm really enjoying this. I don't know a lot about Superman lore. You know, I, I know kind of, Krypton, uh, what happened with Zod, uh, and I, I know a little bit about this pocket universe thing going on, um, but I don't know really any of the storylines of New Krypton, so I, I feel like that's ripe for adaptation. Um, I The idea of Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Superman, I really liked. I actually thought about him for one of my other uh, cast members, for one of my other characters, so glad I didn't do that. Um so I'm be backpedaling, but you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt really does have that very kind of sincere innocence to him, while also having a little edge to him. You know, so he he can be a little little funny, a little a little bit sharp when he needs to be. He can, you know, I can see him kind of beefing up and becoming Superman. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I I really like this. I, JGL was not even on my radar, but it does make a lot of sense. I really like what Ryan said about how Superman is. Yeah, he's kind of uh, he's a he's a secret comedian in the DC universe. He um, because you don't really expect someone like that to be as I think he has the same effect that Cap has had in the MCU, where he he's very much the the stickler and the, the stick to the rules kind of character. But once you really like with the right writing. You can let him be incredibly funny. I mean, Cap Cap really surprised me in Endgame. He had some incredible one-liners, uh, especially when he like is fighting his double. You know, I know, I know. Like, I just I love that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, Superman's the same way. I mean, you you give him the right writing, 
and the, the right actor in JGL. I mean, he he cracks me up all the time. I mean, he's he's got a really great comedic presence. And um, I mean, I, I've loved that guy since Angels in the Outfield. So I, I, yeah. I'm all for this pick. That's and New Krypton is definitely uh, up there. Uh, one of my favorite Superman stories that uh, I, I'm really glad I didn't go with it because it was kind of on my board. I went with one that's kind of uh, similar to it, but I great minds think alike, Ryan. I, I love that. So great pick. Yeah, and also Patty Jenkins, genius. Oh man, honestly, wish they would give her kind of like that same sort of John Feige, or even like more like the Russo brothers kind of role, you know, and Mm. executive produce, direct a couple of the movies, and Superman one would work so well, I think, with Patty Jenkins' uh, vision. For sure. Okay, um, that means it's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Yep. I don't think anyone is ready. <laughs> so, just to let everyone know at home, I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Um, I wouldn't say he's boring so much as like everyone else has kind of uh, touched on. He's had a lot of bad writing, and there's only so much you can do with the character who you know can do everything. You know, his weakness is that green stuff, and that's about it. Just the Krypton. Um, but you know, so Kyle's touching on the compassion. Ryan's going, you know, to show us a little bit more of his uh heritage and, and history with Kryptonite. With I'm, I'm sorry, Krypton. So I'm going completely left field, guys. Um, this movie's called Superman Mixed Feelings. So, okay, the director is going to be John M. Chu. Uh, the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Uh, he also did uh, Step Up to the Streets and Step Up 3D. He knows his musicals. Uh, In the Heights is actually coming out next year, an adaptation of a really awesome Broadway musical. Um, so this is kind of his wheelhouse, you know. And why am I saying this is his wheelhouse? Why am I what are going with? Because this is a musical. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Superman mixed feelings is about friends that just happen to include Superman and what happens when a fifth dimensional being warps reality into one big musical. The emotions come out, secrets are revealed, and Clark Kent is at the center of it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what y'all think about that real quick. I, if you would have asked me 10 genres that Damon was going to go with, I would have guessed 10 genres and none of them would have been a musical. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's so unique. I'm already so interested to hear what else I mean is happening. But yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I um, definitely was not expecting it either. But, you know, I, I like Superman. I, I like musicals. So. I'm, uh, you know, so it sums up for me. <laughs> All right, good, good. So, uh, the lead role, of course, is goes to Clark Kent, Superman, the American hero. Uh, you know, the guy who can do everything. The original Gary Stu. But, you know, we, we love him, and I want this movie to show all the good parts of him, as well as the bad, because, you know, we need to see the weaknesses of Clark Kent. Not Superman, but Clark Kent. This movie is going to be about Clark. Uh, Superman's going to take the back 
okay? I almost should have called it Clark Kent mixed villain, but <laughs> it's still a working title. We'll get there. Um, but essentially, you know, uh, the movie's kind of set around, uh, let's see, Superman's been doing his thing in Metropolis, as well as Clark at uh, the Daily Planet for a couple years now, you know, um, he is not with Lois Lane in this movie. Uh, he's just doing his thing, trying to succeed at the Daily Planet while saving the world all the time. Okay. Um, so I needed someone to give this kind of young, vibrant uh, personality to this Clark Kent, you know, um, very young and spry, someone who's, you know, in the prime of their life. And I wanted someone who could sing and dance, someone who could uh, really bring that out in, in our Superman. Uh, and so who better than Darren Chris? <gasps> Hell yeah. <laughs> so I, that, so as Kyle was talking about earlier, about us talking before the draft, that was who I was very, very scared Kyle was going to draft because he actually just recently voiced Superman in an animated movie. Mm. So that's really who I thought you were going for. <laughs> <laughs> You know, very, very glad that didn't happen because I really didn't know who I was going to get to be my singing and dancing Clark other than Darren Chris. You may know him as Blaine, of course, from Glee. Uh, he's also just recently been in the Ryan Murphy production Hollywood on Netflix. Um, you also might know him in a very Potter, a very Potter musical, you know. He's done a couple different things. But, he, you know, he's going to just be a very bright charismatic Clark you know and that's really what I wanted with this movie um because it's going to be very very lively I should say so with that I was just kind of want to go a little bit into the plot you know so of course you know he's doing his thing at the Daily Planet um and so everything is going well right um he doesn't really have any kind of thing going on with Lois until the movie pretty much just starts. And that really starts our kind of tension in our plot. Um, see, Lois accidentally, you know, Lois, you know, we know the history there. She kind of falls for our boy Superman, you know. She loves the guy. Um, and so, but this is kind of the problem. She's sort of with our boy Jimmy Olsen. Mm. They're together. They've been together for about four to five years now. Um, you know, and Jimmy and Clark are best friends. So wrap your brain around this little fun thing that's about to happen. Um, so Lois is, is falling for Superman, and she ends up kissing him the, the previous time that they run into each other. Um, so this pretty much stirs up a bunch of emotions and, and stress for everyone involved. And this brings us to the villain of the story. And I say villain, but he's pretty much just more of a meddler. He, he really cares about our Clark in this story. And who am I talking about? But Mr. Mixer Pulik himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and from now on, he, he will just be referring to himself uh, as Mr. Mixie. Yeah. Uh, going forward forever and Mr. Mixie. Um, he has kind of gotten obsessed with musicals lately, you know? Um, he's, he just loves that Lin-Manuel Miranda guy. So, you know, he also likes to keep an eye on his favorite superheroes in the, you know, in our universes. One of them, of course, being Superman. 
And so when he sees this problem happening with Clark's social personal life, he decides to get involved in his own very weird way. What he does, of course, is shows up, warps reality, and makes the entire world a musical. <laughs> and this sets up the plot going forward um, because as everyone starts singing, uh, clearly Clark has, uh, finds out who it is very quickly, who it is Mr. Mixie, who comes to see him. And who is Mr. Mr. Mixie in this movie? I'm going with John C. Riley. <laughs> yes, Mr. Dewey Cox himself, Mr. Man from Talladega Nights, from Holmes and Watson, from The Vampire Assistant, from so many movies and TV shows. Uh, John C. Riley is a force of comedy, drama, and music. The dude can sing, he has a voice, he's very talented. Um, and so I wanted to have that that kind of person who could sing and, and hit those notes while also being very, very humorous and, and just very out there. Someone who's not afraid to uh, to really encompass someone who is a fifth dimensional being who can essentially do whatever he wants. And he really doesn't answer to anyone. Um, if you're not familiar with Mr. Mixie, uh, he, like I just said, he can do anything he wants. He can warp reality uh to his whim and in this movie and in the more recent adaptations of Ms. of mixie uh their only way to get rid of them is to complete a set of goals or uh tasks that he puts in place only then will he go away because that's all you're trying to do is to let him go the hell away can't really defeat the guy he, he's just really annoying and in this movie he cares Guys, he cares about Clark. He comes to Clark and tells him that he wants Clark to fix his personal life because it's on the on the edge of just breaking and collapsing, you know, because, you know, the girl who is with his best friend is moving in on him who doesn't even realize that it's him because he's just a superhero. But really, it's him who's also Jimmy's best friend who's also with her, you know, just, you know, good love triangle stuff. So... That is the goal that is set for this movie, for Clark to fix his personal life. And that is the plot of Superman Mixed Feelings. I, I, I'm going to just throw it to Ryan because I have to collect my feelings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, that's, you really nailed it, Damon. Like, if you're, if you're going to have it as a musical, then... Uh, Mr. Mixie is really the the perfect villain um, to have because uh, you know, like you said, he's he's mischievous. He causes trouble. You know, it's not it's not like Brainiac. He's not trying to kill Superman and you know everyone that he loves. He, you know, he's just he's he's a nuisance. And um, depending on the story, he can be more nuisancey or, or less nuisancey. But he's he's a really good uh, musical villain or you know antagonist, whatever you want to call him. So I'm. I'm, I'm definitely feeling that, and and just the um, the the focus on Clark, and and to to try and um, have him resolve his life is uh, is, is very interesting. Uh, yeah, I I really like this. Uh, I I 
for the listeners, I don't want my snickering in the background to be taken as anything other than just respect. Uh, this is amazing. <laughs> I love the idea of a musical. Um, I feel like in the lot, most recent episodes, we've really learned how much of a musical fan Damon is, and I'm here for it. Uh, and I I love this. Darren Chris, of course, you know, is uh, you know, I, I love Ms. Blaine. Um, most recently, man, I loved him as the uh, music meister in uh, The Flash and Super Supergirl, like just a couple of years ago. I mean, it's a plot very similar to this. Uh, he it was like the first crossover episode between those two shows. And he um, kind of same thing. He kind of warps reality to where, you know, life is a musical and we get some really great duets with uh, Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist or Benoit and, uh, you know, like I, I loved I love those two episodes. Um, I think that those shows have wavered in quality, but that was a really, really fun crossover. He was great. And making him Superman, I think, is a perfect call. Um, I don't know. So is that animated movie out yet? Or I, I wasn't you know sure. I didn't see much about it. I just saw that he was, in fact, Superman. And I was like, oh, crap. If that'll mean I can't draft him. And I was like, we make the rules. We'll be yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited about that. It's, it's called Man of Tomorrow. Super hyped for that one. But yeah, he, Darren Chris is just a ball of sunshine. I mean, I, I love the guy. And so he, he's a great call for soups. Um, and I mean, Mixie is just, I love the dude. He is, um, like Ryan said, he's like a nuisance. Like he's not a villain who wants to kill you. He's not someone who's you know, he's, there's no other, there's no subtext to Mixie. He's just kind of a nuisance who wants to kind of fuck your day up or like teach you a lesson. Um, and we need more of that in superhero movies. Like not everything has to be in game level stakes. And so like right. this just being kind of a breezy, you know, like just fun adventure is so fun. I love the idea of this. Um, and I mean, do we, have we ever had a superhero musical? Like, I don't think that's been done. Uh, I don't won't. think so. So that's incredibly unique. John M. Chu is obviously the best. I love Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't know he was directing in the Heights. That's really exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm all in on this, dude. That's that's amazing. Okay, so just a little bit yeah. more kind of visual feel for Mr. Mixy here. You know, if any for anyone who's seen him, he has this. You know, uh, depicted as far as the comics, he's kind of old and has a lot of side hair. You know, it, it's just on the side and kind of frizzy. It, no, John C. Riley will rock that. It'll be super froed. It'll just be everywhere. It's gonna be very car. He, he he himself will be very cartoonish and warm, and mm. I, I I can see him being in a really elegant, crazy, uh, theatrical suit each time because he pretty much he is living in this musical too. This yeah. is also, also he's having a ball right now, um, and also that shows in the first song that happens when he shows up to talk to Clark and this duet called all the world's a stage. Perfect title. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Um, I Ryan bring us back to new Krypton. Sweet. And, and just to, to bounce off that, Oh, for one last point, I don't know if you guys watched, um, Superman, the animated series, one of the many, um, comic book cartoons made in the nineties, but, um, you know, Superman was, was always very, you know, serious whenever Brainiac was trying to kill him or, or whenever Darkseid showed up and, and tried to take over the world. But whenever Mr. Mixie showed up and like, obviously, like they 
the character didn't do this, but you could just see sort of like his eyes rolling and just being like, <laughs> not you again. Like, I don't have <laughs> time for this right now. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. Um, I'm glad y'all like it. I, I wasn't sure, but I, I you know, I, I thought of it and I had to have run with it. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so, all right, um, Ryan. Yeah. Am I, uh, am I making two casting picks now or just one? Uh, j- just one. Okay, cool. So, um, yes. So, uh, New Krypton, um, everybody is trying to uh, deal with the, um, the new reality that's set in. Um, and obviously, it's um, stressful and challenging for everyone, especially for Superman. Um, but also for uh, another big character who's in my movie, uh, and that's Supergirl. Um, Supergirl has been, um, she's been at Earth a lot less long than, um, that didn't make much sense. <laughs> um, she hasn't been at, on Earth nearly as long as Superman has. Um, and while she has been there, she's been coming to grips with her powers um, and with trying to, you know, be a superhero in her own right. Um, and she definitely has um, developed an attachment to Earth and uh, to humans, but Superman. And so now she's got a lot of mixed emotions and mixed feelings with, um, you know, Candor and Kryptonian showing up again. Um, and I think that really comes out in my pick uh, for Supergirl. Um, and that is going to be Skylar Samuels, um, maybe most famous for being on The Gifted, which was I I thought it was a great show. Um, mm. Didn't really get a lot of pub. Um but uh, yeah, that's who I have for uh, Supergirl. I the Gifted is one of it's on the list. I hear so many good things about it from my my X Men fan friends. Um, I I got to check it out. Who does Who does Skylar play? Uh, she plays the Frost sister. So um, instead of the character Emma Frost, there it's sort of like. Um, merging Emma Frost and um, the Stepford sisters uh, in X-Men lore. And so she plays um, three teenage mutants with, um, you know, telepathic powers. Um, Esme, uh, let me see. I got this written down. Uh, Esme, Sophie, and Phoebe Frost. And it's, I mean, it's a really good acting job because she's playing three different versions of herself essentially because they're twin they're you know triplets um esme is sort of the more compassionate one um who tries to like bridge the line between good and evil um and the other one sophie and phoebe are more sort of just villains um and so i just think she provides a a lot of range in the role and it's going to be important um with all of the uh emotions that Supergirl is dealing with and um, where her path takes her as the story goes on. Well, I, I really like that. I love Samuels in The Gifted. Uh, I was really impressed with that show for a while. And then, of course, it got canceled. Like, yeah. hell. But like you said, she has a lot of range, man. Uh, I, I would love to see what she would do with the role of Supergirl. Uh, you know, have a little bit more of a, more of a generous kind of kind demeanor like she had in, in one of her, as one of the twins. Uh, right. But, you know, to have that more 
be able to kind of show just what she's working through for being on Earth for such a short time, you know, especially in comparison to Clark. Um, I like that, man. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, yeah, I like this. Like, like I said, I I have not yet seen The Gifted, so I'm I'm unfamiliar with Skylar, but um, I from what from what it sounds like, it sounds like she is an incredibly capable actress. Obviously, playing you know double or triple roles is never easy. Um, and I'm I'm a big Supergirl fan, so I was really hoping she would be in your main cast. Um, so this is I'm very excited about like where this is going. So Ryan, did you have any any other uh, plot to give us real quick about Supergirl, or are you saving that for for your next pick? Um, yeah, I think I will. Um, yeah, so um, like I said, things start off. Everyone's sort of trying to figure out what to do. Um, Superman and Supergirl are like de facto ambassadors, essentially between. Candor and Earth, um, and things start off um, well enough, um, but then some tension starts to build between, um, you know, Earth and Candor, and I think I will leave it there um, because I have to introduce some more characters. So uh, we'll uh, we can go on to Kyle now. Okay, I'm very intrigued by that. Um, okay, so yeah, jumping back to to Superman Lost City, um, I feel like I, you know I don't want to speak for whatever Ryan has planned. I feel like his movie could work as like a sequel to my movie. So this movie is essentially um, going to be adapted from the the Jeff Johns uh, story Superman Brainiac. Um, so for my villain, I am of course going with you know the, the terror of Kandor, the collector of worlds, Brainiac himself. Uh, and so uh, for for him, I I wanted to go with someone. You know, there's been a lot of fan cast options for this guy. I think that I speak for just all my fellow Superman fans that this, he needs to be in a live action Superman movie. He's such a cool villain. Um, we've seen him live action, obviously in Smallville. Uh, incredible performance by. My dude Spike from Buffy, <laughs> James Marsters. Really? Uh, he's so good. Uh, but I um, I wanted to go with someone who really, he already has some experience with some incredible villains, albeit on the TV side. Um, he has been around for, I mean, he's been on the grind for like four decades now. And he's just a really, really great actor. He's got an incredibly like charismatic presence to him. And so seeing that changed to be kind of a more like robot, robotic personality with Brainiac would be really fun. I'm going with uh, Giancarlo Esposito, um, of course, known, you know, as, as Gus Spring in, in Breaking Bad. You know, he plays, uh, he's in uh, just in like two episodes. He's like one of my favorite characters in The Mandalorian as uh, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, he is in uh, The End of the Boys. I, I imagine he's going to have a really big role in season two. Uh, I think that drops, what, like next Friday? <laughs> Four days. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, is yeah. He so he's really just got a really cool presence about him. Um, I mean, I don't think there needs to be much said about Gus in Breaking Bad. Just one of the most iconic TV villains, at least in the last couple decades. Um, he in a really short amount of episodes too. He just established himself, and he's so fucking good in that show. Uh, and like I said, he's great in The Mandalorian, The Boys. Um, he's also great in The Jungle Book. The uh, the live live action adaptation he voiced um akila who was uh you know 
Mowgli's like surrogate kind of wolf father who he sadly lost. Um, we got a little bit more of like the compassionate side of him, but I just think that uh, Giancarlo has like a really cool presence about him. He's able to switch on obviously the really villainous side um, and he's done it in really different ways in his, his kind of his TV roles. And so I think this would be a new layer to that. Um, Brainiac is a very cold calculating, you know, he's an Android. So he's a very cold calculating villain. Um, there's not a lot of personality to him. Um, so when this movie is kind of getting going, uh, Superman is going to come across, um, Brainiac. He, he is flying in, uh, in his ship. Um, Superman is of course doing his, his thing, you know, saving Metropolis. And he, he sees the ship coming in. Um, he has kind of his first, first act fight with Brainiac. Brainiac, um, overpowers him and, and takes him onto his ship. Um, and when Superman wakes up, he's surrounded by all kinds of, um, what looks like just tiny little hovering rings, um, on the ship. And upon further investigation, he, he sees that they're cities. They're these cities that have been miniaturized. Um, and, uh, you know, that's obviously truly like Brainiac's defining trait in, uh, in the comics, you know, he, he's, he's the collector of worlds. He, that's kind of his prime directive. Um, and so Superman's really starting to investigate and he, he, uh, finds a city that looks very, very similar to some of his early, earliest childhood memories. Um, and, uh, he's surprised from behind by Brainiac. They have another fight on the spaceship. Um, some of Brainiac's kind of, uh, Android creations are involved. Imagine something like Ultron in the Age of Ultron just kind of fighting against him. Um, Brainiac himself would have the classic comic book look um, with like the green skin. Um, but yeah, he, he gets overpowered again and, and Superman gets sent into the bottle city of Kandor. Um, and so the first act kind of ends with Superman being trapped inside the city. He now has to find a way to, to fight his way out. Um, as this is going down, uh, we, you know, kind of cut back to the Daily Planet um, where Lois and, and Perry White and Jimmy Olsen are hard at work typing up a new story about this new spaceship that's arrived and this new threat that uh, Superman is fighting. Um, and as they're, they're working, uh, they're, uh, their building is kind of like crashed into by a new presence. It's a, uh, it's a girl they've never seen before with blonde hair. Um, she's got a real vicious look in her eyes and all she says is, where is he? Um, and <laughs> they don't, you know, they, they can pretty much guess what she's talking about. So they just point up at the, the big spaceship in the sky and she takes off. But this is of course, uh, Kara Zor-El is a Supergirl. Um, she's not necessarily known as Supergirl yet. This is the first time we've seen her. Clark doesn't know her yet. This is her first visit to earth. She's been, uh, as we'll find out, she's been tracking Brainiac, um, kind of, on his tail for the last few months, um, trying to, to find him and, and get her, her lost city back, uh, her home city of Kandor. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that takes me to like my next, uh, casting choice. Um, so for, for Kara, uh, I really wanted someone who, you know, uh, she's a younger character, but she has a lot of, um, like ferocity to her and she has a lot of like there's a lot going on behind her eyes there's a lot of pain and just a lot of experience for such a young character um and so i'm gonna go with anya taylor joy um she 
you know, she's a name that's kind of exploded onto the scene in the last couple of years. Um, she made a breakout role or performance in uh, the movie The Witch, uh, one of my favorite horror movies in the last few years. Um, also in the movie Split, the in that Shyamalan movie Split, um, she is in, you know, uh, this year's New Mutants that just came out like last week or uh, this week. Like yesterday or <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, that's a podcast for another time because I have many thoughts on that movie. It wasn't wasn't great, but she was easily the best thing in the movie. Um, she plays this really badass Russian character, and she's she's dope as hell. Um, but yeah, she's really kind of exploded onto the scene in the last couple of years. She has for such a young actress. Um, is able to convey a lot of different emotions. Uh, also, the movie Morgan is one where, like, that movie wasn't great, but she plays this really cool, like, uh, uh, android-type character in, in that movie. Um, yeah, I, I like Anya a lot. I think that she's one of the more exciting names in, in, in Hollywood right now. And uh, I just think that uh, for Supergirl, again, you need that kind of ferocity, especially for this Supergirl in the context of this story. Um, she is just hell-bent on finding Brainiac and getting her city back. Uh, you know, her, her parents were um, taken from her at a very young age. They are, are trapped inside the city. She made it out. Um, basically, as she left, uh, they this city was uh, taken by Brainiac. Uh, Timeline-wise, it was taken uh, as Krypton was being destroyed. And so um, they sent her away, similar to how Clark's parents sent him away, um, you know, in a little vessel. And But she was a little older. Um, and so she, they told her, you know, just find your cousin, uh, Kal-El, just find your cousin and he'll explain everything. Um, and so she's sent away. And so when she arrives, she really, she doesn't have any connections. She's just hell bent on finding, uh, Brainiac, making him pay, finding her parents and, you know, finding her cousin as well. Um, and so, like I said, I, I just think that, uh, Anya would be, uh, a really good choice for, for Kara. She's, uh, still young enough to, you know, if you want to make this a franchise to really live out this role, um, but I just think that she's a really fun name in Hollywood, Hollywood right now. Uh, and, you know, this is going to be this character is going to be really the heart and soul of the movie. It's a Superman movie, but Supergirl is going to provide kind of the emotional anchor of the story. Right. Ryan, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really good. I, I, I really like um, the introduction to Supergirl, um, you know, the the journey she's on um not as familiar with the actress um but uh she sounds like a great choice and uh, i'm <laughs> i'm interested to see what new mutants is like because like i don't know damon and i were talking about this the other day like it seemed cool and then it kept getting delayed forever so it sort of fell off my radar and then i'm like oh that's just finally coming out this will be interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, I, I really like um, where your story is going and I'm definitely interested in sort of the parallels um, with mine, how, how we have similar characters and similar stories, but there's definitely some differences in there. So, Yeah, I, I really want to see where y'all's two, you know, stories diverge and, you know, and exactly what happened uh, that's different. I really like the differing looks that uh, you are going with for Supergirl. Uh, Kyle, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy has a very striking face, and I feel like that'll work with a little bit more of like a pissed-off uh, Kara, which it sounds like is what she's going to be. She's on this just like path of vengeance. Mm. Really like that idea of that, you know, 
meeting Supergirl in that kind of mode. Um, because when I think of Supergirl, I think of, you know, from the, the DC, uh, the TV version, you know, very bright and bubbly and warm and passionate. And so to get this like wrecking ball of force, um, you know, and I, I could see Anya playing that very well. I'm very hyped for that. Um, I, I, you know, I, this is really making me want to kind of maybe read some Brainiac stories, you know, y'all, I have to say, guys, are doing pretty, pretty good of uh, making me, you know, want to read some Superman. We're going to make a fan out of you yet. <laughs> I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, I just am very intrigued to see where y'all's plot, go, uh, plots go from here. Um, so I, I, I don't, you know, I have not seen the witch yet still. And of course, the New Mutants literally just came out. Um, and I believe she plays Ileana, right? Yes. Ileana yeah. Rasputin. Yes, yeah. who is okay. uh, Colossus's sister, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear she wields a badass sword in the movie. Oh, so cool. She's I, the best part of the movie for watch sure. For that. So, yeah. um, if she can bring any sort of kind of presence from that to, to uh, Supergirl, I'm down. Sign me up. I love it. So Ryan, let's let's hear some more from from new uh, new Krypton. Great, yeah. So um, the now that they have been restored to full size, um, the Kryptonians that are on Kandor are sort of um, you know getting organized and, and figuring out you know what they want to do and what their their place in in this world is, um, and so they eventually the. The leaders of um, Kandor uh, end up being Allura, um, who unfortunately wasn't cast. I ran out of characters, um, and Zorel, uh, who Kyle mentioned, uh, is the father of Supergirl and the uncle of Superman. Um, and so Zorel uh, and Allura are trying to lead Kandor and to see, you know, how how do we want to integrate? Do we want to just be totally separate from humans? Do we want to coexist? Do we want to try and uh, move Kandor somewhere else? Um, and so Zorel is, um, he's really dignified and um, strong, although not in a super, um, you know, forceful way, uh, just more of like an inner strength um, that he shows dealing with this and, and with trying to lead his people um, and also being reunited with his daughter. Um, so there's a lot of emotion that goes into that. So he's trying to to juggle that and his nephew, obviously, um, and trying to, to deal with, um, you know, Superman being such a presence on Earth uh, and trying to work with them and figure out what's what's best for everyone. Um, and so uh, the person I have for Zor-El um, is uh, similar to Kyle, another Mandalorian alum. Uh, this will be uh, Mando himself, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so he will um, he'll be leading um, Kandor and also trying to um, reestablish a relationship with uh, with Kara uh, and um, trying to make uh, make all that work. Wow, I, I I want Pedro and everything. So I think you've won already. <laughs> <laughs> Just fantastic, and just in a role like that, uh, playing against Joe, J, you know, JGL. Um, 
and I really want to see what you know. I haven't seen enough of Zorel, you know, in the mediums that I've I've seen. You know, Smallville a little bit in Supergirl. You know, he is there, but not a very imposing presence. You know, so having Pedro like, like steps it up some. Yeah, yeah. Pedro is just a really impressive actor already. Um, obviously, I love him as Mando. I love him as uh, as Oberyn in, in Game of Thrones. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> I uh, I really like him, and so him, having him as Zorel is really fun because like he can get get kind of the imposing side of Zorel, but also like you mentioned that like the inner strength side is that's a really important part for that character. Um, and so I like this a lot, Pedro. Yeah, I'm with them, and just put him in everything. Um, I'm really excited to see him as as Maxwell Lord in uh, in Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Um, so this is a really, really cool, cool, uh, cool pick. I love this. And, and now, tell me, is Zarel going to be a, uh, the antagonist of this? So- um, he is not. So okay. to give a little bit more plot. So as I said, Zorel is basically the leader of um, Kandor, um, and there was already just sort of some tension with Earth. Um, because of, you know, the fact that Kandor just showed up and now there's even more Kryptonians and people are unsure how to, to deal with that. So uh, eventually Kandor is attacked. Um, it's unclear who exactly it is. Um, you're sort of shadowy, you know, spec ops, you know, or, or is this like the Navy SEALs? Is this just mercenaries? Um, we're, no one's really sure yet, but they... Um, they attack Kandor um, and they kill a number of Kryptonians. Um, and it's, uh, it's important that, um, or, you know, humans attack Kandor first um, because that is um, a driving force for how things proceed. But um, Zor-El is trying to um, sort of keep everyone calm and, and figure out a way to respond. And Superman and Supergirl uh, on their part are trying to, track these people down um as they uh you know not not only were they you know attacking uh candor but they also used some lex corp weapons to do so so superman is um, not only trying to figure out who they were but how they got weapons so all right all right i'm intrigued um i need to see this movie uh so let's get it funded (laughs) um you have any other thoughts about that kyle real quick no, I just, I really love this. I More love needs to be given to the Kandorians in general. Um, one of my favorite storylines in Smallville is is the season nine story where Clark is trying to, uh, you know, play like he's doing in this movie, like play ambassador to them. And, and kind of his dynamic with Zod was really, really fun in that season. And so I just, yeah, I really like the direction this is going. Um, again, yeah, I just, I'm all in. I love this. I'm a fan. I'm ready for it, especially also since Pedro is Maxwell Lord in a Patty Jenkins movie. <laughs> yeah. Just setting it up, Ryan. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Geez, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's, uh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to move from new Krypton back to the world of music and uh, singing and dancing where Superman's, you know, doing his jig. Uh, are y'all ready for this guys for some more I'm singing? I thought I was, but now I'm just, I'm not going to predict anything, Damon. <laughs> no. So, of course, what we get right here. So, of course, Clark has to fix his personal life while everyone is singing and dancing, you know. Um, and so 
that personal life includes Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. But first, we'll talk a little bit about Lois. Badass, confident, relentless. This Lois Lane is a compassionate person who refuses to stop working, even when she probably should. Uh, she shares the same fiery drive to do whatever she can within the limits of her career, uh, and it has gotten her in the crosshairs of dangerous people before. This is, of course, why she's met Superman. You know, um, she's just always kind of getting in, into danger. Um, and of course, she doesn't necessarily need his help all the time, but that's what Superman does. You know, he sticks his big old head wherever he needs to save people, even if they don't want it. Um, you know, and then, of course, so this kind of reluctantly gets Lois to start, you know, having feelings for the man. And so this is where we jump into, of course, with the movie and the kind of mindset that Lois is, of course. She's having these mixed feelings about Superman while she's in love with our boy Jimmy Olsen. Um, they've been together for a while now, and things are, are definitely serious. But she doesn't know what to, to you know, she doesn't know what to do now. Uh, these these feelings she has aren't going away. If anything, they're just getting bigger. Um, and that's why she kissed him, of course. And so who I have playing in this movie will be someone who, who can play that fiery, compassionate person who is a brilliant singer and who's someone who will be able to, you know, really be able to show she's just as strong and important to the story as Clark is. And that's going to be Evan Rachel Wood. Mm. So Evan Rachel Wood is uh, you might know her for her role in Westworld uh, recently. She was also in the movie as a teen in 13. Um, she was also in Across the Universe as Lucy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where she showed her amazing singing voice. Um, she's brilliant and she has a very great kind of gravity about her uh, when she's on screen. Your eyes always kind of gravitate towards her. At least that is for me. And so I always, I want that in my Lois because whenever I think of Lois Lane, I, I think of the person who, the only person I think who could be with Superman, you know, and honestly, Clark, I think needs her just, you know, more than, than he, him. And which I think, you know, will be kind of, we see the beginning of that relationship in the movie from that. So uh, what do y'all think about that uh, choice? Yeah, Ryan, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I uh, I, I like it. Um, I, I'm a fan of hers. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I agree with you, Damon, that I, I think Lois is definitely a, a good grounder for, for Clark Superman. Um, and that, uh, you know, very important uh, relationship in his life. Um, and so I think to have... Um, a good actress playing her is obviously key. Uh, and so I, I think it was a good choice. Good. Yeah. I, I really like this. Um, I mean, obviously y'all listening, you already know the deal. Planet fantasy is a very pro across the universe podcast. Um, I, I love Evan Rachel Wood in that movie. Um, haven't seen her in a whole lot outside of that, but I agree. She's just very magnetic in that movie and uh, having her as Lois. I Lois is truly just, such an important character, um, not only to Clark, but just in the DC universe. Um, she's an absolute spitfire, and I love that. Uh, she, uh, I mean, Erica Durant's as Lois is just like, man, that's that's celebrity crush number one right there. Oh, 
she's she's the best uh i um so i love this pick lois is is an incredibly important character evan rachel wood is obviously gonna crush that role um and i like i mean i like with your your movie uh you're you're having to pull double duty with all these picks because they've got to be great actors and they've also got to be really good singers and that's certainly true for for evan rachel wood i mean she she would obviously ground the, the movie, I think, um, and be kind of the emotional core. Um, but she's got that wonderful singing voice as well, and so I'm 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 ready for all the the love ballads between her and <laughs> her and Clark. Yes. So, like, speaking of that, I, I wrote in the notes, of course, um, when she finally, uh, when Clark finally reveals who he is, it'll be called "Glasses Off." Mm. And it'll be a really awesome, powerful ballad between the two talking about, you know, their feelings and how, you know, he's revealing himself and who he really is. Uh, so that'll be pretty interesting. And then, of course, while she's, you know, contemplating about, you know, how guilty she feels towards the beginning of the movie, you know, kissing Superman, still being with Jimmy, it's going to be kind of very, there are worse things I could do vibes, you know, very Rizzo kind of, you yeah. know, I want For that sure. going on. <laughs> so, uh. Okay, so I have my Lois, right? And then I have one, this couple that is doomed to fail. The second half would be Jimmy Olsen, our, our great lovable photographer of the day. Okay, and, uh, and in this story, he is also the boyfriend of Lois Lane, who is uh, actually getting ready to propose to her in this movie. So he he's actually, you know, pretty early on he goes to talk to our boy clark about you know what how he should propose to her and how he just loves her um and then this whole song is actually called i love lois lane and <laughs> it's a bop y'all like it's just going to be, uh real high energy and fun and warm and it's going to be sung and rapped by the one and only childish gambino donald glover holy shit wow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you win <laughs> yes troy barnes himself the the man from atlanta childish gambino yet he, he, he's done so much he's so talented um like I, when i like you said i had to pull double duty so i was trying to think of um people who could act and sing and he he's a triple quadruple threat mm. and the idea of having him in a comic book movie well with some some singing and dancing I can't pass that up, um, it's especially putting him in the role of Jimmy Olsen, who's a you know, really great character. You know, uh, I think he gets overlooked a lot, but he's the best friend of Clark. Um, I really like the way they handle him in Supergirl, actually. So I, I kind of want a little bit of those vibes in this role, but a little bit more happy-go-lucky, uh, easygoing uh, for this Jimmy Olsen. So think more, tr more like a Troy Barnes kind of vibe. <laughs> from her Donald Glover, you know. Uh, and so, he, you know, he's just real happy and he's ready to propose to the love of his life, Lois Lane. And I think Donald Glover would give us a really great kind of uh, vibe for that, along with amazing performances in the movie. Probably maybe the best ones. So, what do y'all think about that? Um, yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, just, I mean, an incredible pick. Um, you know, Donald, Donald Glover is so talented and, and, you know, perfect choice to add to a musical and him as, as Jimmy, uh, is, is really interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, this just was a home run, Damon. 
thank you. Yeah. Um, and so just to, you know, kind of move the plot a little bit more along, um, you know, so that was a song, I Love Lois Lane, happened a little bit earlier on. And then we get towards more the middle of the movie. Um, and we get to hear the second part of I Love Lois Lane, which is just him singing it and setting up the proposal and actually proposing to Lois and Lois saying no. Oh. Confessing to kissing Superman. Um, and then so heartbroken and betrayed, we, we get to see then Jimmy confronting Clark. Um, and then we get a new song, a much more unhappier song called Kryptonite's Kiss. And it's pretty much just Jimmy going on about how being betrayed by, by his best friend, by his, the love of his life and how he could have never thought of it. And we, we see him pretty much just breaking in front of us. Um, so... We, we get that with, with Jimmy Olsen's character and plot progression. I really like that. Um, yeah, Donald Glover, that's going to be my favorite pick, no matter what else we, <laughs> we pick. Uh, <laughs> I have a wild card. Okay, I, I trust you. But uh, yeah, for anyone listening, uh, Damon is Damon's watching Community for the first time, and I, I'm so excited to kind of vicariously live through him. I love that show. And Donald Glover is just a gift to humanity on that show. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you mentioned you're going more Troy Barnes route because, you know, I, I love Donald Glover. I love Atlanta. I love Childish Gambino. I, just, I mean, he's, he's incredibly talented, but having him go back to a little bit like a goofy go lucky side is super fun. Um, I think that also like having him. So you mentioned he's like, he's kind of singing, rapping. I love Lois Lane. And then Kryptonite's kiss more of kind of a heartbreaking song. Like Donald Glover is, or Childish Gambino is a phenomenal rapper, but his, like actual vocal talent is really slept on. It's already like, just probably yeah, for sure. Like you listen to something like Sober. I mean, he he's got a really great voice, uh, and um, I'm glad that's going to be showcased a lot. I hope he'll be like writing a lot of the music in this movie. Um, hope so. Yeah, that's that's perfect. I'm, I I love this. I'm not writing any of the music. Just to let everyone know, uh, <laughs> it would not be a good musical. I'm hiring. <laughs> Best Lynn Manuel and Childish Gambino will tag team it. Oh man, what a what a combo! <laughs> uh, did you have any other thoughts about that, Ryan? Um, no, I mean I'm just you know looking uh, looking forward to where it goes and and yeah, Donald Glover is a great addition to your cast. All right, um, then I believe that leads us back to you, then Ryan, for your next pick. Yes does so um yeah i mentioned that um zorel and Alora were leading um new candor uh but they're not the only um faction there there is a new emerging group of um kryptonians or candorians however you want to um, call them uh and they are called the new dawn of krypton um now they're sort of like quasi political party, freedom fighter, terrorist organization, um, however you want to think. But while Zor-El has been um, pitching uh, for cooperation with Earth, uh, the New Dawn does not want that. They either want to uh, conquer a part of Earth and make it their own, or they want to leave and sever all ties and just not engage uh, humanity in any way. And they gain even more followers after um, that first attack by the humans on Kandor. 
uh, and in response, they launch an attack of their own on uh, Earth. Um, and Superman and Supergirl um, are sort of show up too late to the um, perpetrators of the first. Um, and there is a lot of damage caused. Uh, and so now, you know, the, the two sides are, um, there's a ton of tension. Um, you know, Earth is, is gearing up for war, as is Kandor. Um, Zor-El is trying to sort of hold the, the Kryptonians back um, because he doesn't, he doesn't want a war. Um, and Superman and Supergirl are caught in the middle. Um, they had initially what was an emotional high and seeing um, Kandor and the Kryptonians return. Um, but now they are just, you know, really racked with um, indecision and sort of agony and trying to um, protect their new home uh, while also um, helping to, uh, to, you know, protect the Kryptonians as well. Um, this is felt very strongly by Superman. Supergirl has um, even more conflicted feelings, if you can believe it, because she um, obviously, you know, her parents are back. And so she's trying to deal with that. And she also has not been on Earth as long as Superman has. And so she um, she doesn't have quite the same connection to humans as he does. Um, and so, you know, her trying to, to deal with that and to um, to just, you know, f grapple with everything that's going on um, is sort of pushed to the breaking point and then eventually does break when there is another attack by the humans on Kandor. Uh, and this time there was a huge explosion and um, among the people killed is uh, Zor-El. So Zor-El dies and um, it's an incredible tragedy for uh, Supergirl and for Superman, obviously. Um, and with that, um, New Dawn, um, you know, their message is now taken up by a majority of Kryptonians. You know, they don't, they don't want to coexist anymore. They just, they want revenge and they want to um, punish the humans for this. And the leader of New Dawn emerges to help lead them to that. And that is going to be General Zod. So this is where I'm sort of breaking with... Um, the comic as well as sort of the, the trajectory that, that Kyle and, and I were on sort of parallel. Um, and for the, the choice of general. Yes. I think we might've lost him. Oh, yep. Brian. All right, guys, we're going to go real back to break. See if we can find Ryan. And we're back. Welcome back. We just had to go to a quick break, guys, but we are back and ready to hear, Ryan, who is your General Zod? Yes, so my General Zod uh, will be played by the one, the only, Idris Elba. Ooh. Ooh, worth the wait. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes, uh, obviously famous from The Wire. I uh, played Heimdall in the MCU films. 
Uh, he was Pentecost in uh, Pacific Rim, which is another great performance. Um, he also, I guess, played a villain in that like Fast and the Furious offshoot, which I didn't see, but he seemed like a decent villain in the trailer. So I think he can. Uh, I think he can definitely pull it off. Yeah, he he is the uh, the one thing I remember about that movie. So <laughs> but he he's a great villain. <laughs> this is a magnificent pick. Like him being Zod would be so epic. Yeah, I like this a lot. Uh, oh man, this is interesting, especially the way you're building up, like the new Don and Zod. Um, Zod seems like the natural choice for that. I mean, comics be damned. Like, I, he's such a great villain anyway, and so I. This is really cool. Uh, Idris Elba, just, I think he was born, I love the dude, and I, I'm with the people saying he should be James Bond, but I think he's born to play villains, so this is this is a really great call. Right, like, I, I got to watch the first season of The Wire uh, a few months ago before H, I got, like, HBO free access on Hulu, watched the first season, and then it went away. So I didn't get to watch anything else. But just seeing him on that show playing such a sleazy guy while still being like so clever um, was so fun to watch. And it really made me want to see more Idris Elba being a terrible person. And who who better than Zod, you know, uh, in the way you're, you're kind of you're you know, you're molding him to be this freedom fighter leader, you know, leading the the uprise, you know, to fight against, you know, the people who don't want him there, you know. I, I love that. And to have him kind of be parallel against Pedro Pascal Zarel, holy hell, to have those two on screen, I, I love that. I, I want this movie. Yeah, the, the idea of, like, the two of them just sparring verbally, I mean, like, the, the monologues between the two of them fighting about, like, how they should approach this conflict is, that's, I think that makes the movie in and of itself, um, uh, I think Patty Jenkin- Jenkins would know how to utilize both those actors really well. Um, and Idris Elba and, yeah, Pat- Pedro Pascal are like a match made in heaven. <laughs> I think I don't know how they're not in a movie yet together. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, Idris-, Idris scares the shit out of me in every movie he's in. So, uh, of course, it's appropriate that he's playing General Zod. That's, <laughs> that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, man. Uh, that might be the best pick of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that was taking us back to was that mine or yours, Damon? Oh yes, uh, uh, I believe that leads us back to Kyle's uh, last two picks. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So where we left off, um, you know, Superman has been uh, captured by Brainiac. He is he's been sent into like the bottle city of of Candor. Um, so he wakes up and he. Uh, he is kind of disoriented, obviously, and he's kind of touring around the city. Um, and then Brainiac starts to really fuck with them. He, you know, Brainiac, Brainiac, uh, for people who don't know is, uh, I mean, he's an Android. He was created, uh, on Krypton. That is, I mean, that's most of his, uh, the takes on him in the comics. Um, he, he is essentially, um, unkillable. I mean, you, you can kill him, but he is kind of like Ultron and that he just, I mean, as long as there's some form of life somewhere, he's going to come back. Um, and so he is able to also manifest himself into um, uh, into other like areas. So he so he essentially starts kind of fucking with with Clark in this bottle city of Candor, um, makes him see visions and stuff. And 
he shows him, you know, in a classic kind of like old school villain monologue, he's showing him really what he's all about. So essentially, um, you know, Brainiac's background is that he, he's from a planet called Bryak, um, where he, like I said, he was an android and uh, chief scientist and kind of departing from the, the Krypton thing here. But I think that uh, this works through, this is kind of based on the, the Jeff Johns um, take on, on Brainiac. But he, so he's from a planet called Bryak where he was an android. He was a chief scientist and he was also given the, um, the capacity to, to love and he had a family. Um, and so we kind of see in these flashbacks him, <clears throat> he was uh, on a really long voyage of kind of gathering information from other planets. And he returns to Bryat to find that um, uh, everybody has died from this plague that spread out across the, the whole planet, including his, his family, his wife and, and children. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's horrified by this. And then he immediately sets off to... Uh, basically he's trying to find life and other planets and he you know in his in his uh android way of thinking he thinks that he can simply just replace that family with uh other life forms no matter where they come from no matter where they you know what planet they're out they're at uh their lives don't matter to him as long as he can find them and, and take them back to bryak he wants to re uh inhabit this planet um so he that's where he's been uh he's been before this movie has started he's been just going to planet after planet, uh, capturing life forms and trying to um, replicate what he had on, on Bryak. Um, and that's, of course, what, what, what led him to Kandor. And uh, he, you know, he, uh, uh, he took Kandor, including um, Zor-El and, and uh, Kara's mother, and he, he took that city he, that's on his ship, uh, you know, as, as Clark is taken up there. And Clark is seeing all this and realizing what's... Um, kind of behind this this android and uh you know he he's starting to really realize his motivation um and at this point we're cutting back to uh the planet where uh Kara is kind of confronting Lois and and Jimmy and uh you know she's they tell him about this uh this spaceship uh tell her about the spaceship um and she is hellbent like I said earlier she's hellbent on finding uh Brainiac because we know that you know, Brainiac uh, stole her, basically her entire life from her. They stole, he stole her, her parents uh, when she was uh, very young. Um, and so she, she managed to escape because they sent her away on a vessel. And so she, uh, she's kind of like going after um, Brainiac. And so she tracks him down. We get a great kind of second act fight between Kara and Brainiac. We can see that Kara is a much more kind of brutal uh, fighter than, than Superman. Um, their power levels are almost uh, at the same level, um, but she's a little more unleashed because she is really fueled by by rage and vengeance at this point. Um, and so, you know, she's she's fighting Brainiac. She finds Clark and she finds the city and manages to manages to find her parents as well. We get a really great kind of heartwarming reunion between the two of them. Um, and you know, Clark is obviously confused; he doesn't know who she is, uh, and so. Uh, she, you know, she doesn't really have time to explain. She just grabs him, grabs her parents and they leave and, uh, they leave Brainiac's ship. They touch down, you know, on the, on the Kent farm, Clark kind of guides her and where to go. Um, Clark is very weak at this point from his fight with Brainiac. Um, so they touch down and, uh, Jonathan and Martha Kent are waiting. Um, so we meet, uh, Ma and Pa Kent in the scene, um, obviously being the, the saints that they are, they just kind of take Kara and, 
and Zorel and uh, her mother in um, without a question. And uh, this is where, you know, I couldn't cast all of these characters. I wanted to make sure I, ca- I cast uh, Jonathan because he's, I think he's probably other than Lois Lane, the most important person in Clark Kent's life. Um, and so for, for Jonathan Kent, I'm going with someone who uh, has already played one of my favorite fictional dads. Um, I, I'll be in a really funny show, but he really nails the emotional beats as well. So I'm going with uh, Corbin Burnson. Um, he plays, of course, Henry Spencer on the show Psych. Uh, I, I just, I love this guy. I, I'm a huge, huge psycho. I love the fan, uh, the, the show Psych. Um, uh, he plays just a really funny kind of like disgruntled old man on that show. Um, but like I said, you know, a lot of the, the emotional core of that show when it's not really funny is the, the issues that Sean Spencer and his father, Henry have. Um, and so that, that kind of fractured relationship provides a lot of the great emotional beats and Corbin Bernstein just, he sells them um, in every scene. And so I think that this could be a fun kind of uh, different take on that where, you know, uh, like I said, that Clark's relationship with his father is like the most important thing in his life. It's really what drives him. Um, it's he, Jonathan made him the man he is today. Um, and so, you know, Cord Bernstein, I think, would uh, play that up really well. Um, so they uh, take in uh, Clark and Kara and, uh, and Zorel. And so while they're shel- excuse me, sheltering them, um, uh, we're still kind of cutting back to uh, the planet. And uh, Brainiac is descending upon Metropolis at this point. Obviously, he's hellbent on uh, finding those who escaped. He, he has to get all the life forms he can. Um, and of course, you know, he sees a new planet that he can start taking captive or taking people from. And so he descends upon uh, Metropolis, uh, with his eyes set on, on the planet. Um, and so that takes me to my next casting choice. Um, among the people leaving the the daily planet, he, he sees Lois Lane. Um, and so, so Lois is going to be played by someone again, who like, we kind of mentioned this with. Um, with Damon's pick, Lois is just a spitfire. She's really passionate um, in what she does. And she's, I mean, she's kind of a badass. Like, she's not going to be a, a damsel in distress in this movie. She she holds her own. Um, she's not necessarily afraid of Brainiac, especially because at this point she's been dating Superman for a good couple years. Um, and so she's seen she's seen some 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 shit. <laughs> so this is uh, this Lois is kind of an experienced Lois. Um but uh, nevertheless, yeah, Brainiac sets his eyes on her and and uh, captures her and along with a couple of Daily Planet people. Um, so Lois is going to be played by um, our very own uh, Robin Shabatsky, uh, Kobe Smolders. Um, I, I love Kobe. Uh, she is, you know, we're, we're going with a lot of like different kind of uh, franchise actors. Obviously, Kobe is, is on the other side right now. She's in the MCU as, as Maria Hill. Um, I, I really love this actress. Of course, yeah, she she has my heart as Robin in, in How I Met Your Mother. Um, go to the mall. <laughs> exactly. Robin Sparkle, I should say. Um, but uh, I, I love her in that show because she kind of, I always thought Robin was like a, a sitcom's take on Lois Lane. Um, I think that she, you know, she's a reporter and she is very much a kind of tough as nails kind of character. Um but as the show goes on, we get a little bit of a peek into why she's that way with, you know, her relationship with her father and stuff like that. So I think that she she would be a, just a natural choice for Lois. Um, I think there could be a lot of chemistry between her and, and Matt Bomber. 
Um, and so she, yeah, she's going to be that, that spitfire character again. She's not really taking any shit from Brainiac. Um, he, when he takes her captive, she'll be the one kind of sassing him and like just throwing all his, you know, he, he's, he's speaking to her as if like she's just another life form and she's just throwing insults right back at him. Um, and so I think that Colby Smulders would be perfect for that. Um, you know, she and Clark have been together for a couple of years, like I mentioned. And so um, she's she's not even worried. She's like, you know, we'll be fine, guys. Like she's talking to Jimmy and, and Perry White and she's like, we'll be fine. Clark Clark knows what he's doing. He's going to come rescue us. Um, but uh, yeah, she's a very capable character in this movie. She'll be helping to um, later on helping with like some evacuation with the city and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I just I love Lois. Uh, I love Kobe Smulders. I think that she's a, a natural choice um, for this role. Oh, Ryan, uh, what do you think about those two picks? Yeah, I mean, it's wow. There was there was a lot in there, but I, I really do like um, the direction that Kyle is going. Um, I, I love an, uh, an an unleashed Supergirl, um, and that's maybe a sort of a preview for where mine is going. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, count me in the the Kobe Smulders fan club as well. I, I love her as Robin. Uh, and I, I think she really did a lot with Maria Hill um, in sort of limited screen time. Mm. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I think this is a phenomenal pick. And uh, yeah, I think she'd be great as Lois. Um, she already did have, uh, as Kyle mentioned, some elements of that as uh, Robin and How I Met Your Mother. So I, I think she'd fit right into that and just be a, a great addition. Yes, uh, I love Corey Bernson. Like, the fact that you went with a psych actor, psych doesn't get about enough, and so we're gonna change that on this. <laughs> I need to rewatch that like three times because you can never watch that show enough. And no. like you said, the relationship between him and and Sean uh, as the the father and son were some of the best moments in those shows. Yeah. And so to have that kind of vibe with Bomber uh, Superman. I can see that in my mind right now out there on the farm talking to him about what's going on and how to help. And you know, got to take it one step at a time. I, Oh man, I love that. That might be my favorite pick of yours, Kyle. Um, that's underrated. I that I love that you, you drafted Jonathan Kent because he really is super important to Clark and who he is. Um, especially because like I now, as far as Superman goes, Smallville is my Superman. Yes, loved Jonathan Kent in that show. It, oh, good. He didn't run. It. I love that bond, and so to see, to see that on the big screen, it, it's been done well before. But I think this would be perfect for that. And then you throw in Kobe Schmolders, who I mean, I love. We all love Robin. We're big How I Met Your Mother fans here as well. Probably uh, <laughs> we talked about on uh, in an episode two weeks from now. Um, just saying, but. Kobe has that that kind of that fierceness, that fierceness that would be perfect for Lois Lane. I can see that very, very vividly in my mind. Clara's day right now. Your cast is very striking. I, I think they're all very powerful in their performances, from Giancarlo to Anya Taylor Joy to Kobe. Um, I love that cast, man, and I really like the way it's going with the plot. Um, give me more Supergirl on a on a warpath. <laughs> Love that idea. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I wanted to do. Cause like Supergirl. Yeah. In, in all of her incarnations, I've just always enjoyed like, cause she is, she is a character that in a lot of her, um, a lot of the takes on her, she's just kind of displaced and left without a, you know, a planet and, and kind of lost. And so harnessing that kind of like that anger that comes with that, I think is important. And uh, I mean, she's really a really underrated superhero uh, when it comes to like power levels, but I mean, she can kick some serious ass. Like she's held her own against um, people like Dark Side. Like she, she's right up there with Superman. Um, and I think that in this movie, it's really going to show the difference between the two of them. Uh, whereas he is uh, definitely holding back in some aspects, and she, of course, is just—I mean, she's just seeing red. And so she, all she cares about is uh, having vengeance on Brainiac, especially now knowing having been been reunited with her father. And, and having that bond and knowing that he's alive, she now just wants to protect him. Um, and she's kind of forming this, this bond with, uh, with Clark uh, as cousins who have never met before. So she's kind of forming these connections, but it's not necessarily softening her. Uh, it's just giving her more reason to fight. And so that was, that was one aspect I really wanted to, to like hammer home with this, uh, with this movie. Wow. So uh, would you like to give us a rundown of how the movie ends for us before we uh, move on? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces in here. So essentially um, your third act is going to eventually end up in Metropolis again, you know, Clark, Kara uh, and Zorel, they're regrouping back at um, the Kent farm in Smallville. Clark gets obviously one of those really great pep talks from, from Jonathan Um and uh yeah he he goes back to to metropolis ready to fight he and Kara are going to fight together um and uh once they get back obviously they realize that that lois has been taken captured by um by brainiac back on his ship and uh all the while you know brainiac's um his uh his androids and all of them are, are, are wreaking havoc on metropolis and so um, you know, Superman and Supergirl have to work together. Supergirl is going to be uh, taking care of the, the city. Um, you know, she really wants to go find Brainiac and Superman has to kind of talk her down and tell her, you know, you are, you have to, you have to learn what it is to be a hero. Sometimes it's just protecting people. Um, and he kind of, ple- he kind of, uh, you know, really, um, he relates to her, her, the side of her that loves her father. She's, you know, you've just been reunited with your father and you don't want anything to happen to him. Um, well, this this city is my family, and I, I I need you to help me protect them. Um, and so she she you know she agrees. She starts helping uh, people get out of buildings and stuff. She's fighting all these these androids. And Superman comes up to you know the ship for round two. Um, he's obviously more equipped now. He's had his pep talk from his dad, and now you know his, his girl's in danger. So he's he's ready to throw down. Um, so we get another really cool fight with him and Brainiac. Um, kind of going in and out of like different bottle cities. So there's a lot of really cool visuals going on different like planets that we see snippets of. Um, and they're just going at it. I mean, Superman's just not holding back at this point. Uh, and you know, all the while, uh, this, the ship is touched down. Um, and so Lois is leading the evacuation out of the ship and then helping kind of helping where she can, but helping Kara like get people out of the, the city. Um, the Kent farm is kind of being used as like a, uh, a safe safe place for them um and so uh yeah as as superman and brainiac are, are throwing down uh brainiac is again like you know using all of his powers to like manifest uh you know different like uh things that aren't really there for superman so it's going to be a really cool like visual fight um and then they they eventually kind of 
come to a standstill. Uh, they're pretty equally matched in, in power. Um, Superman seems to come up uh, on top where Brainiac's kind of knocked unconscious. And um, Superman uh, has a, you know, he, he has a moment where he just thinks, he looks at uh, Brainiac's ship, he looks at one of the, the bottle cities, and you can see in his eyes, he has this moment where he thinks about, you know, throwing Brainiac into one of the cities and, and just leaving him trapped in there forever. And that's where we really play on the, uh, that side of Superman that's just compassionate. And he's, he can't be like that. You know, he, he has this foil on Brainiac where he's just all android and all uh, unfeeling. And uh, Superman just can't sink to that level. So he, he leaves Brainiac um, unconscious where he is and goes to help with the, the evacuate, evacuation, getting, you know, people out of the city. Um, one of the uh, obviously most iconic um, things that happen in, in uh, Jeff Johns' Superman Brainiac story is the, the tragic ending. Um, so Superman thinks, you know, all is well. He goes to help uh, people get back to the Kent farm. Um, and then he hears a voice. Uh, Brainiac has, has woken up and he's piloting his ship again. And uh, all Superman hears is, uh, thank you for showing me your home. And then the ship crashes down onto Kent Farm. Um, not a lot of people are, are, are hurt. No one's killed, thankfully. Um, and then, you know, Brainiac kind of staggers out. His skin's kind of fading away. We're seeing a lot of, like, metal and stuff and metallic skin below. So it's, like, a really creepy image. And he finally dies right there. But, you know, he's taken his last act of vengeance. And Superman has to make sure everyone's okay. Um, and the movie kind of slows down. We hear, like, you know, Superman has that really heightened hearing and he hears heartbeats all over and he's, he's listening for one, one heartbeat. Um, and it's Jonathan's and it's slowly stopping and it's slowing down, slowing down and Superman flies. But, you know, this is really, this is kind of made a point in the all-star Superman story that, as fast as Superman can fly, he can't start a heart attack. And he, uh, he flies and finds Jonathan and, and Lois's arms uh, as he's dying. And uh, Superman, you know, is, is, is too late. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the tragic thing of, you know, Jonathan Kent has been killed in a lot of Superman stories, including Smallville, and one of the saddest episodes in that show. Um, but uh, I think that that's always been a tragic thing of Superman's kind of story where, you know, you can't save everyone. Uh, you can't, you can do so much uh, until you, you can't save everyone. And so the movie uh, kind of closes out with uh, Jonathan, you know, passing away. Um, but we get, uh, it's not just a depressing ending. We get kind of the funeral with Jonathan and Clark kind of uh, forming this new connection with his cousin, Kara. She agrees to stick around for a while. She and her dad are going to stick around on on earth and uh, help Clark uh, in any way they can. Um, Clark is going to be, you know, training Kara, um, obviously helping her honing in some, some of that rage <laughs> and uh, some of that, that untapped uh, power. Um, so the movie ends on a bit of a melancholy note, but uh, at the funeral, Clark realizes that, you know, he's been doing this for quite some time now, but he's been keeping people at arm's length and he can't, you know, he can't do that anymore because he realizes how, precious life is and so he the movie ends with uh you know everyone's clearing out of the farm the funeral's ending and, and lois is looking for clark and she finds him in the barn and of course he is you know he's on one knee and he's proposing uh and the movie ends on one shot of him kind of like holding the, the ring up um so you know the movie ends on this rather melancholy note but you realize that clark is he still has family 
he, he has the family in, in Cara, this newfound family in Cara and his uncle Zorel. And of course, in, in Lois, the girl that he, you know, he wants to spend uh, the rest of his life with. Well, that was still sad. <laughs> you, I know. You, you give me Corbin Burnson as Jonathan Kent, and then you kill him. And then I snatch him away. I know. I hated doing it. <laughs> what do you think about that, Ron? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was, uh, you know, clearly uh, very action packed and then a lot of fun with that. But then, you know, with some real tragedy there at the end with, uh, with, you know, Jonathan dying. Um, but also, you know, as you put it, sort of a rebirth with, uh, with Kara staying uh, and, you know, Superman um, training her and, and, and looking to, to move forward. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed. Yeah, I, I like where your movie, how it sets up for a sequel very, very naturally. Um, I like the idea of it being more centered around uh, Kara, you know. Um, I really like, you know, just that kind of vibe that you're going with for her and then having Superman training her and, and being very active in that. Um, and I didn't really talk enough about it, but Giancarlo as Brainiac, you know, that could end up being like one of the best villains portrayed on screen. Like as far as the comic book villain, um, that would be, I, I just would love to see that. And and then the way it ends, you know, with them crashing down like that, the big epic fights going on, I, I think it would be handled so well um, by this cast of actors. Um, I would love to see that. Um, and it does make me like uh, Superman a little bit more. <laughs> That's <So>. the dream. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just absolutely love that, Kyle. I, I think you did a fantastic job of putting together your movie, The Lost City. Thank you, thank you. Um, and that takes us, yeah, Ryan. Uh, let's hear, let's hear some some more about um, New Krypton. Yeah. So um, everyone is trying to. Um you know, grapple with the um, the latest attack on Kandor that led to the bombing in which uh, Zor-El was killed. Um, Allura was not, uh, but she, at this point, she um, you know, very broken up and, and her heart is not in trying to lead anymore. So her and her supporters basically cede, um, you know, rule of Kandor to Zod at this point. Um and this is really tough for Superman because, you know, obviously, you know, the new Kryptonians are his people, um, but he knows what Zod is and, um, you know, the, the evil that's in his heart and that, you know, he's just, he's just a bad guy. So um, he can't side with the Kryptonians on that. He, he's going to oppose Zod. Uh, and he tries to um, communicate this to Supergirl, um, but she won't hear it. She is... Um, you know, she's just beyond in uh, in mourning for her, her for Zorel's death, um, and she uh, she blames the humans for uh, you know starting this and for killing him, and for leading down this path. And so um, she leaves, and she uh, she reveals to Clark that um, Zod has you know offered to take her in um, and have her you know you know take her place at New Camp. Um, and she is going to be doing that and uh, looking after her mother uh, and basically opposing um, Earth because at this point, you know, they're both sides are getting ready for war, so there's there's going to be a conflict. Um, and this is really shattering for Superman. Um, 
you know, even though, you know, obviously like, you know, Kandor's back, so the Kryptonians are there, but um, in reality, you know, Kara was his, his one link to Krypton, like his real, his real link to um, his family and his home. So he's, uh, he's broken up about that. And not only that, but now he uh, is trying to fight off um, uh, the uh, Kandorians that are there, um, plus Zod and Supergirl now. So uh, he is, um, you know, a little bit uh, outgunned, which is not something that normally happens for Superman. Um, luckily, he does have um, people on his side, uh, including the next character that we're going to introduce. Um, and this might be my most sort of controversial thing because um, in my story, um, even though we all love Lois, uh, Lois is actually not Superman's love interest. Um, it is Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that is going to be uh, my next character, um, and my casting for Wonder Woman is uh, Tessa Thompson. Ooh! Wow! Zing! Oh man, that is a home. Ro- that is out of left field, out of the park. Great slam! Oh my goodness, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, um, you know, has superhero experience playing uh, Valkyrie in the MCU. Uh, she's also great um, as Bianca, um, uh, Adonis Creed's girlfriend in the um, the Creed movies. Mm. Um, yeah. and she just, you know, she's such a, a strong um, and determined uh, actress. Uh, and I think that um, plays great uh, in, uh, you know, Wonder Woman. Um, I, I think she'll have a lot of uh, chemistry uh, with JGL, um, you know, as the, the big, um, you know, Justice League character that's in this with side Superman um, and obviously, you know, chemistry romantically uh, as they are involved. Um, and so, yeah, she um, she's backing him, him, him up. And obviously, uh, if Earth is in peril, that means, um, you know, Themyscira is in peril. So she is definitely with Superman. Uh, as they try to confront Zod and, um, you know, hope hope to eventually turn Supergirl back. But for now, she's uh, she's lost to them. So that is holy shit. Talk about a late game uh, like uppercut. I mean, that's that's incredible. Uh, Tessa Thompson is the best. Um, huge crush on her in the Creed movies. She's <laughs> she's the best. I love her in Annihilation, too. Um, she. Yeah, she's a perfect Wonder Woman. I, I'd never thought about that, but that's a really, really cool choice. Um, I appreciate the love for like a Superman Wonder Woman pairing because we we don't see that that much anymore. Um, I you know obviously I loved the the Justice League animated series that kind of paired up Batman and Wonder Woman, but having Superman and Wonder Woman together it just seems right. Um, so I really like this. Uh, this is. You know, th- it's interesting because with mine, I was thinking about having another leaguer, um, whether it was like maybe Martian Manhunter or someone like that. So I, I, I like that we're doing that. Um, and obviously, it's the perfect director to to direct this character. And so um, having her, well, I, I think that's perfect because it balances out. You know, you have Superman, uh, his conflict with Zod and with Kara leaving. Um, having Wonder Woman as his support is like really important. Um, this is the story for this is just so gripping. Like I love the uh, the the conflict between him and 
and Zod and the new Don and then Kara leaving is just, wow, that's, that's really, really cool. So I just, the way this story has shaped out is really, really fascinating. I love it. Yeah. I was not expecting Kara to leave like that. I was like, Whoa, plot twist. And then, and then you hit us with Wonder Woman coming back <laughs> with as Tessa Thompson, like that. I, I, I immediately typed in Tessa Thompson, Wonder Woman, and I'm not finding any, but now it has to exist. It's someone has because I love that. I love that idea. Tess would kill it as, as, as Wonder Woman. Um, no question. Her with JGL on the screen with Idris, Pedro. Your, your cast is next level. And then, and of course, with the plot, I'm like, oh man, this is sad. You kill Zorel, Kara leaves, and, and then he, he has to fight this. And, and then he finally is able to have Wonder Woman on his side. It's just a. It's a lot. It's a lot of drama, and I really think that would be, you know, epic scale uh, proportion you know, as far as uh, being a movie. I, I love it, man. I love it, Ryan. Fascinating. Yeah, really fantastic stuff. Um, I, I really, what I love, too, is these, these could not be three, more three different Superman movies. Like, they're, they're all so different from each other, and I love that because, man, you know, I just I, I, I want to say it again. Like, I love that Superman's getting some love with this podcast because, like, as you can see, when you're given the right uh, some capable writers writing some unique, interesting stories, he really shines um, and he, he give him the right supporting cast. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that these are all such different stories, um, but still kind of get to the core and the essence of, of Superman. That's that's really cool. Um, and then, you know. I, I love how how there's now a superhero musical because I never knew I needed something more. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Damon, please, please, for the love of God, tell us more about Superman mixed feelings. Yes. So interesting that you brought Wonder Woman into your movie, Ryan, because I too brought a Justice League member into mine. Uh, would you like to just take a stab at who I brought in? Um, um holy shit, that would be incredible. That would be, uh, that would be really cool. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Batman. You would be correct. Yes, you would be correct, sir. But uh, but he he's moonlighting as Mr. Bruce Wayne in this movie. He he is not one second of Mr. Batman. He is Bruce okay. Wayne in this movie who comes to town, uh, very fucking mad. Because he keeps singing about everything, and he knows it has something to do with someone down in Metropolis, because uh, he's a genius like that. He does his detective work, and so he hunts down Clark because he knows Clark has something to do with it. And so Clark gives him the uh, the whole spiel, of course, about Mixie and what's going on. And so we get Bruce coming to town, and we get the two to have a nice little dinner to talk about everything, right? Uh, Bruce rents out the entire place to, well, sing in private, so to say, because um, he really doesn't want anyone hearing him. <laughs> um, and who do we have as Mr. Bruce Wayne in this movie? But Jonathan Groff. <gasps> no. <laughs> King George himself. <laughs> yes, sir. Ryan, you, you have seen Hamilton, uh, right? Yes, I uh, I saw it as soon as it came out on Disney Plus. Okay, so okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew who I was talking about, boss. 
But yeah, I mean, he was also, of course, Jesse St. Clair in uh, Glee, another Glee member, of course, yeah. who will be duetting with his uh, former cast member on Glee, Darren Chris. Um, but yeah, I had to go with Mr. Groff Sauce himself as Bruce Wayne. Uh, you know, I, I wanted someone who is going to be very dramatic um, and, you know, has a very fun, angry face, so to speak. <laughs> I, I think Groff does that very well. And so Groff as Bruce Wayne, um, let's see, he, he goes and they, they have their themselves a nice little duet in this, uh, you know, in this uh, restaurant that's completely empty, <laughs> just them. Uh, and this song, of course, is called the Superhero Blues. Uh, I feel like it's a very appropriate name. It's going to be very <laughs> bluesy, very old school rock vibe. And Groff just go just really rips into it with Darren playing along with some nice little witty, witty quips inside. Um, and yeah, so it's just a little fun cameo. Really? It's just, you really get this maybe one big long scene. Maybe it might be the longest song of the movie just because, you know, I'm a milk groth for all I can, <laughs> but it, it's just them, you know, singing about how, how it sucks being a superhero sometimes. So, I had I had to have I had to have Bruce Wayne singing because I I I went with the musical, and it was about Superman, but I I had to add my boy Bats. So, I, I in any other capacity having Batman in there, I I wouldn't have like rolled my eyes or anything. I would have been like, all right, whatever. But like <laughs> having him like singing and being pissed at Clark is the funniest thing ever, and. Holy shit, like to even taking out the musical talent, I never knew how perfect Jonathan Groff would be as Batman until now. Like that is such a good call. The dude is is an incredible actor. I've been watching Hamilton on repeat, so I only picture King George, but he's yeah, he's great in Glee. He's obviously I love him as um what's his name? Kristoff in uh in the Frozen movies. Um he's great on the show Mindhunter. I really wish that show hadn't gotten canceled. Uh but wow this is a really really good call now i just really want him to just look at clark and say awesome wow like that's that's all i need in life that's that's perfect i love that thank you what do you think ryan yeah same i i love it um i'm also a uh a hamilton fan a newer one but um no less passionate and yeah the um him is the as king george and that he's just phenomenal so imagining him as like a annoyed Bruce Wayne um, singing uh, in the Superman musicals. It's just, uh, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so happy when I came up with it, just because I want to see it happen. I would love to hear Bruce Wayne sing very, very annoyingly to Clark. And we, I mean, we've already got an incredible banger from Batman, from the Lego Batman movie. You know, my parents are dead, but <laughs> a live true. action one would be great too. <laughs> it's true. Um, so just to continue the plot, just to you know give you an idea of how this this whole musical climaxes. Um, so of course, to continue, Jimmy has recently found out that he you know his love of his the love of his life is uh, in love, possibly have feelings for his best friend who doesn't even know is his best friend right now. So you know he goes to complain to Superman about it, and they have that the the. The uh, kryptonite kiss 
And so he doesn't want anything to do with Clark anymore. Lois feels horrible. Um, so we get Lois getting into trouble on purpose because she needs to talk to Superman. She needs to hash it out, figure figure out what's going on, figure out her feelings. And so who does she find but Manchester Black being played by the wonderful Daniel Kaluuya? Oh, You know, short cameo. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he's just recently arrived in town, you know. he. Uh, so Lois is like, I want to scoop, asking for his MO, what he's doing there. And so Manchester gives us a, a very fun song called You Think You're Better, which gives us a really insider's eye of how Manchester Black views the world. Um, you know, if you know anything about Manchester Black, he's not a fan of the morally superior, uh, that you think that they're better than him and people like him. He's not a fan of villains being arrested. He thinks they should all be killed. Um, he, 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 you know, he's a bit vicious of a person, uh, but fun. You know, he, he's the guy who has the Union Jack flag uh, as a shirt at all times. Uh, played pretty well in uh, the uh, the Arrow show, I would say. Not too bad. Um, but so we we get this kind of little fun side sideshow ca- cameo with him. Singing and of course Daniel Kaluuya is amazing from Get Out, from Black Panther, and so you know he gets to stretch his chops because he's a pretty good singer too. If y'all didn't know, and so but but Lois is just doing this because she knows this will draw Superman to to her because it always does, and so eventually Superman pops up, and we have a little quick showdown with Superman in Manchester. So we get some Superman action in this nice musical. Okay. And then that happens, and then Lois and Superman finally have their confrontation for, of emotions. The song "A Super Feeling" <laughs> is, is what it's called, and uh, you know how to let it be. Here, Superman finally reveals to Lois he's Clark. Um, you know, and then because I, I think that's a bit better name than Glasses Off, and uh, he can't deny his feelings. Uh, and then they put, you know, he's he's crushed about Jimmy, and they 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 sing about it. And they, but they realize they they want to be together, and so Lois leaves to go, hopefully talk Jim down from doing anything rash, and you know the, to to show that they're still there for Jimmy, and of course Clark goes to find Mick, and uh, of course, what happens then? We 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 flash back to uh, Lois going to find Jimmy at his place where he's packing. He's leaving Metropolis. He's going to go stay with his sister in Star City to get his mind straight. He can't be around them anymore. And so we get a very powerful and emotional song with the two talking about how they love their relationship, how it was so important and how it'll always mean something to them. Um, and as we're getting this, we're getting Jimmy just really showing just how kind of a, a little dark edge to it, just how like angry and just really how upset he is about everything that happened. Um and while this is happening, we go back and forth between them and Clark and Mixie. Okay. Um, so he found Mixie, and Mixie is very, very happy. You know, he's telling Clark that he succeeded with everything. Clark, of course, is like confused because he's still singing. You know, uh, nothing is fixed. His, you know, his friendship with Jimmy might be over. Um, yeah, sure. You know, he revealed his feelings for. Lois, but it just caused a big mess. You know, was that what Mixie wanted? And of course, Mixie starts singing, My Tricky Tricky Plan, which is a really fun little ditty. 
about how this was his plan all along, was to fuck everything up. Because, see, Mixie needs certain things to happen in this universe for things to, to play out exactly how he wants it to in his own, his movie. Because he just really sees Earth as his little plaything at the moment. And so he, he played the strings. He played Clark singing in the song about how he needed him and Jimmy to be at odds and how this is exactly what his plan called for. And so Clark's just annoyed and angry as hell the entire time, and Mixie's just super fun. And this pops back to, to Jimmy and um, Lois, of course. And let's see. It's uh, – where am I at? Um, Jimmy is singing for Lois to leave. He never wants to see her. Clark slams the door in her face. Uh, and then we, we just get, you know, music vibes going on as we bounce back to Clark Dixon, where Mixie is finishing a song, um, tells him that it's time to go, but he will be singing Clark again for uh, the sequel. And after all, Mixie did this so he could watch the show when it all happens. You know, this is all for his entertainment. Um, you know, Mixie just gives him some fancy riddle uh, after, when Clark's trying to figure out what's going to happen. And then he leaves. And the music ends, and the movie ends. The end. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I'm so impressed. I think that's if that was made tomorrow, which it absolutely should be. It would be probably the most unique superhero movie ever made. Uh, I think that. Um, I'm even picturing like the like the cutting back and forth between Jimmy and Lois and, and Clark and Mixie and like just how fun that would be. Um, yeah, you already won me over with the Groff Sauce cameo, but then just randomly like casually sneaking in a Daniel Kaluuya uh, cameo is just also phenomenal. Um, I love that guy. Uh, this is my this is what I should should be my weekly like uh, statement on this podcast. But everyone listening, go see Widows if you haven't. Really underrated movie, and he's phenomenal in that movie. Um, but yeah, this is just, dude. This is probably one of my favorite like just kind of like drafts you've done in general because it's so damn unique. Um, and you definitely put your own your own stamp on a character who. Uh, like you said at the top, you weren't a super big fan of, but like, I mean, all it takes is creativity, and I mean, that this is really, really creative, so I, I, I dig it a lot. I thank you, Ryan. What do you think? Yeah, um, definitely agree. It is, it's, it's very creative, and um, I, I just, you know, love how many twists and turns you're able to throw in there, even though it, it is a musical. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's looking good. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to the sequel that you mentioned. Yes. So speaking of the sequel, you know, um, as I was saying, Mixie was setting this up for there to be a riff between, you know, Jimmy and Clark. Uh, there will be an end credit scene where you see Jimmy going to Star City and uh, meeting um, some very nefarious people uh, that I haven't decided who yet. <laughs> that he might get in with some baddies and who knows from there what happens down for that sequel <laughs> i love that so that is superman mixed feeling and man those are some movies yeah i um i love it i mean i i would love so like ryan i would love to hear we haven't really uh heard like how everything is is resolved over at uh 
new Krypton. So do you have any like kind of final details on that? Yes, I do. So, um, you know, as I, I mentioned, the two sides, Earth and Candor, uh, are getting ready uh, for war. Um, and Superman is convinced that if he lets Zod uh, come to them, that, um, you know, they will lose or, you know, Zod will cause untold destruction on Earth, at least. Um, and so he actually sets off to strike with uh, Wonder Woman and, you know, a number of um, human soldiers. Um, and he knows that, um, you know, if he cut the head off the snake, if you will, that if he um, takes down Zod, then, um, you know, the, the new dawn will be finished and they can uh, find some sort of, of compromise with um, uh, Kandor. Uh, so um, as the battle develops, he goes right for Zod. Um, and then uh, Supergirl... Um, ends up going after Wonder Woman. Um, you know, she's she's always sort of been kind of jealous with the bond um, that um, Wonder Woman and Superman had uh, and that she, um, you know, hadn't been on Earth that long. And so she wasn't able to connect with her cousin in the way that she had hoped. Uh, and so with that, plus the anger she feels at uh, Zor-El being killed, uh, her and Wonder Woman have a, a pretty titanic clash. Um, but things aren't aren't going too well for, for Superman. Um, Zod is sort of in his element, and he, uh, you know, even though there was sort of a surprise attack launched against them, he knows how close he is to, um, to ruling uh, not only Kandor, but large parts of not all of Earth. So he's able to counterattack and... Uh, he's he sort of got Superman on the ropes, um, and so where they are in the battle, um, eventually, Wonder Woman is able to um, knock part of a building down on Supergirl, uh, which pins her in place for the time being. So she goes to um, you know uh, attack Zod as well, um, and she is able to get her golden lasso of truth around Zod. Um, because they've always, her and have been suspicious as to why so quickly and how conflict was played out. So eventually she lassoes Zod and she asks him about the attacks. And uh, it's revealed that um, this whole conflict was orchestrated by Zod. The first attack on Kandor, um, it was done by human uh, mercenaries, but uh, they were paid by Zod. Um, and the bombing that uh, killed a number of people on Kandor, uh, as well as Zor-El, um, was actually done by Zod and New Dawn and not by humans. So this is um, obviously a big, uh, a big reveal. Um, and Supergirl is able to hear this um, because she wasn't fighting because she was trapped in the building. Um, but she has, you know, the super Kryptonian hearing thing. Um, and then so once that is the case, she's able to free herself and she goes right after Zod. And um, in their training, uh, when she was on Earth, um, you know, Superman was always trying to teach Kara, you know, to hold back a little bit, you know, control your powers, um, to not, not go all out because um, you're so much powerful than everyone else. Um, but here uh, he decides to 
step out of the way as uh, Supergirl goes after him. Um, and, uh, you know, she eventually kills Zod because uh, she's just full of rage and her, her powers are just, you know, uncontrolled at this point. So she kills Zod. Um, and with the, his death and sort of the other people around realizing that he had orchestrated this whole thing, um, the, the battle comes to an end. Um, and all the while this was happening, um, Kandor scientists, as in um, the book New Krypton, to figure out a way to essentially terraform the rest of the planet. So they're able to make uh, Kandor into a full, like, new uh, Krypton, basically, as the title goes. So um, they're able to do that and to move the planet out of Earth's orbit, obviously. They're not going to destroy the two of them. Um, so with that, uh, pieces, um, with Zod dead and, and New Dawn finished, uh, Allura goes back to ruling, um, and Supergirl uh, decides to stay with her. Um, because, because of him leading the attack, though, uh, Superman is not allowed on New Krypton. Um, and as the planet is moving, or uh, you know, as they're, um, it's getting ready to reposition in the galaxy, um, Superman and, and Supergirl uh, have another meeting. Um, there's a lot of emotions everywhere uh, and the fact that they, they fought each other. Um, but, you know, Clark is, is saying, you know, I, I want us to still be a family. Um, you always have a place here on Earth. Um, and um, Supergirl is, is understanding and, and she wants to mend things. Uh, but she doesn't feel like she can at the moment. So she is going to um, stay on New Krypton for a while and hope that they can eventually uh, be reconnected. But it's just too raw in the moment. Um, and then uh, sort of, um, as Damon mentioned with uh, a post-credit scene, uh, as they're able to reposition um, New Krypton uh, you know, in the galaxy, um, it's far away. It's like on the other side of the sun from Earth. Um, you sort of zoom out from the planet and you see it from uh, you see it from space. And so you're looking at it and then sort of in the corner you see uh, some light coming in. Uh, a very distinctive yellow light. And then the camera turns and you see with a sort of smirking grin on his face Sinestro uh, eyeing the new planet and uh, imagining what he is going to do. Mm, yes. I love Sinestro, and that sets it up for a perfect sequel. Oh, man. I love that. What do you think, though? That's, oh, uh, yeah, that's incredible. This is, I, this is probably going to be like broken record. I say this every week now, but I wish we had, I wish we had cameras because <laughs> I just put my hands on my head like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I love Sinestro. He, Green Lantern is probably my favorite DC hero. Um, and so anything with that lore is always going to be a win for me. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's really fascinating. I honestly do the way this story ended, like them thematically, this is really, I think my favorite just cause the twists and turns it took. And like, there are some real, just incredible emotional beats in this story. Um, I, yeah, I love the way it turned out. Uh, I'm just imagining like the scene of, like the lasso around Idris Elba and him monologuing and talking about how he orchestrated everything. And like, I've got chills. Like I imagine that would be an incredible scene. Um, 
So I, I really love the way this, this turned out. I loved your cast. Your cast is all really, 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 really strong. Um, I think they would have a lot of like chemistry together, uh, especially, especially JGL and Tessa. I think that they would have some incredible chemistry. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love the way this shaped out. Um, and please come back for the sequel uh, podcast. Cause I have to know what happens with, uh, with Sinestro. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I just love what you did with your whole movie plot, um, Ryan. Like, it, it's like a political drama with a bunch of action, almost, you know, because you're, you're dealing with this, essentially this whole, with this whole problem of what are they going to do with Kandor? Uh, Kandor, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, you have the th- three different sides, the, the two different ones in Kandor, you have the, the side of Earth. And so to see them all, you know, try to coincide and then clap and just have these epic battles, um, you know, for the right to decide. And then the family kind of uh, intrigue and betrayal and and just hurt from the, from the beginning to the end, I think really, really tie the movie together so well and keep you really invested. Um, I feel invested with what was happening with Supergirl, as you were telling us. And then, you know, towards the end, they she still can't accept, you know, being there. She goes, decides to stay on New Krypton. Um, I feel like is a really great way to, for that to end because it's not ending. It's, it's showing the pain is still there. It's still very raw and it's going to need time. And I love that you're setting that up for more of that same story to move on into the sequel. Um, I, I, I just really like that. You, you did a really fantastic job of that plot. That's yeah. That's thanks. Yeah. I, um, I really um, enjoyed how it, how it came together. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun coming up with that. It, it sounds just like a really epic story. Um, all of these, just all three of these sound like really just, like I said, like really interesting stories. Um, I, I would just, I mean, shit, man, like DC fire Zack Snyder. Cause he clearly has no idea what he's doing and, and hire the three of us. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to, to see all these movies made. Um, as far as like, I know we do this a lot. Uh, like Damon, my favorite pick of yours. It's so hard because all of them are so damn entertaining. <laughs> picturing them. Uh, I've got to go with, the Groff Sauce cameo or Donald Glover, the two of them, just because the two of them, I think, would have the best songs in the movie. Um, so yeah, probably Donald Glover because that's my boy. But I just, yeah, I love those two picks. Those are so interesting. Um, and and Ryan, I I I think I'd got to go with Idris Elba because, like, dude, that has potential to be like one of the best realizations of a villain on screen. Um, Idris Elba, just every time he's on screen, he just, he commands, he has a really commanding presence. And so him as Zod would be just one for the ages for sure. So really strong cast from both of you. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, um, I think, I don't know. I would say the Giancarlo Esposito, like you were saying for Idris, I think that could be just a iconic role going forward. Like Giancarlo's Brainiac, you know, it'll be put up there. I could see very easily, you know, with the Ledger Joker, and uh, even the uh, the Killmonger and Thanos. You know, it's just that kind of role. I think he would take it and and just mold it perfectly. 
And then Ryan, I, I just love the Idris Elba pick for Zod. That would be so epic. But Tessa Thompson is Wonder Woman out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite pick because just to see her as Wonder Woman, I need that to happen now. I like, I love you, gal, Godot, but I need Tessa <laughs> now that I can't see anyone else anymore. You, you ruined that for me, Ryan. <laughs> um, but what, what's, what are your favorite picks of ours, uh, Ryan? Yeah, um, I mean, geez, there's a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I really love um, Damon for you. Uh, I think um, the, the Donald Glover one just really stands out to me as just a really phenomenal choice and, and, and a great addition to your cast. And, and with his, um, his musical and acting talents just, you know, blended into one in a musical just would be great. Um, and then Kyle, uh, I mean, yeah, you had a lot of good picks. Um, you know, John Carl Espinosa, a great choice, but I mean, I, I gotta give it to my girl, Kobe Smolders. I mean, her, her as Lois is just, um, it's just perfect. <laughs> it really is though. I, I really like that pick. I, I love all of these picks really, you know, like I almost want to go back and watch the gifted just to see Skylar as the, uh, for all sisters. And then I want to, I just, I got to watch Psych again another four or five times. So oh, I love that show. I, yeah. The gifted is on my list. I, I, I hate that I missed it. Cause like I said, a lot of my friends who are really big X-Men fans said it was, I mean, it was a ton of fun and I do really love Legion. So I, I'm glad how much, how much love that universe is getting on, on TV. So I, I've got to check it out. Yeah. Well, I, I really loved the, um, the cast and the, uh, the story in that. And I thought, um, what they were able to do powers wise was really creative given that, you know, it was a lot lower budget than, um, you know, the X-Men movies themselves. So I, I, I just thought it was really good. Right. I really liked what they did with Polaris character, you know, um, it was just fun, you know, it was flawed. And I think ultimately that's why it got canceled uh, with, you know, low viewership, but it had a really fun premise and it could have gone somewhere. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to see more X-Men stories being told. So yeah, for sure. But that you know, this is not an X Men podcast. This is a dream Superman movie giraffe podcast, guys. And I think our dreams are out of this world. Um, I really like them a lot, and I hope everyone else does too. Yeah, uh, as always, you know, if if you uh, if you like these picks, if you disagree with these picks, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> as always, any feedback would be welcome. Please, please let us know at, at planetfantasypodcast at at gmail um, with your your thoughts, your questions, uh, ideas for for new episodes. If you'd like to be a guest, as always, we'd love to have you. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming back, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thanks. So it was a blast again, and um, yeah, just just fun talking uh, Superman stories. Yes, and actually, we can go ahead and tell everybody, uh, Kyle, that we will have Ryan back in a couple weeks on yes. the podcast, along with our friend Nadia. I believe it's going to be the TV Friendship Draft. Yeah. All about the friends. It's going to be just a warm, fuzzy episode. We're going to talk about a lot of friendships. Uh yeah, Damon already said it. I'm sure it'll come up with between the four of us. I'm sure it'll come up something from how I met your mother will come up. Uh, but um, that's going to be a fun one. We 
we can't wait. Um, and then, uh, you know, before that, so next week we, uh, we can also tease that we will be having, um, the, uh, the icon herself, <laughs> Ms. Marilee Walker. And we're going to be doing, um, basically we're setting up our dream before James Gunn can do it. We're going to beat him to the punch and we're setting up the guardians of the galaxy volume three soundtrack. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, that's going to be a fun one, man. I've been listening to a lot of music. Just, I mean, I do anyway, but I was like, I got to do my homework for this one, man. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We can't wait. Um, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, gentlemen, Damon and Ryan, guys, thanks so much. This was super fun. It was, guys. And until then, see y'all. Yep, sounds good. Take it easy.